Hey guys, just before we get started, I, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out exactly how to make my guest voice and my voice even. It's not an easy process because I don't really know how to sound engineer. And I had what's called the gain turned up on my microphone, which made my voice really loud and Tomlin's voice really harsh. So the audio on this like isn't the best quality. My goal for 2019 is to really get better quality recordings for you guys. So bear with me. Sorry about that. Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. I am thrilled to have one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite people, who hasn't been on the show in a while, back. Hi Tomlin. Hey, good to talk to you, Liz. 2018, I made it in there right at the finish line. Have you really not been on in 2018? Uh, I think my last time was when we did like our New Year's Eve episode for Nicole last year. I forgot it was New Year's Eve when we did that. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. I'm so glad that you're back. Um, I mean, it's in there. I'm glad to be back. It's funny because we talk literally all day, every single day. So I'm not like, oh, I haven't talked to Tomlin in a while. <laughs> you know, in the back of my head, sometimes I wonder about the next time that I'll get to be on Feathers in My Hair. But I feel like it's kind of like a moment that you wait for, like when you're nominated for an Academy Award or something, and that silence before they announce it. Like, it has that's to just what to I you. live in, waiting for that text. <laughs> Well, I think we need to start this episode by talking about David and okay, whatever the fuck. But I watched both fucking boring ass episodes of this show, Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, and I will say that David, in less than five minutes of Instagram oh. videos, delivered a lot more than both of the shows. I am going to edit in the highlights of his videos right here for you guys so that you can hear it. It's a little long to post on Instagram, so I'm just going to play it right here. So Instagram, since you're so fucking mad, send the fucking SBI to my house. I'm going to upload a lot more gun videos. And you know what? I got a gun on my hip. Fuck you, SBI. So since y'all are so concerned that I put hashtag Trump and hashtag Nancy Pelosi, why don't you go tell them bitches not to start banning guns then maybe people won't put hashtag their name i guess y'all didn't know i keep stockpiles of ammunition just enough to blow shit into pieces on any given day or situation also keep stockpiles and large capacity magazines of everything stockpile of ammunition for so i've also got some poison dart frogs i just rub these little jewels on their back and uh these ones too these are a little different i've also got some of these and uh shoot them right out of this here blow dart i'm sorry not 
SBI. They said they were secret service to protect the president. And next time you want to call them little bitches to my house, the same thing's going to happen. I'm going to tell them to fucking leave. Unless they got a warrant. And for you secret service officers, I'm very flattered that you come on out to my house just to check things out and all. But don't be a fucking bitch. And I'm going to start posting guns and putting hashtag Trump every fucking time. So go fuck yourself. Recording. You know what the crazy thing is? I try to keep my gate unlocked. I try to have that little bit of freedom. Just at the end of my driveway. I gotta lock it because you motherfuckers. Now, you Secret Service motherfuckers, you wouldn't have came down here if my gate was closed. And if you did, I would have started shooting at you because I wouldn't know who you was. Are you gonna come back? I think so. And you can be mad. You can take that as a threat if you want to. But you already know that anybody that comes on my property is trespassing. Is I would get fucking killed. Anybody. Now look, I got guns for target practice, hunting. I got guns for fishing. I got guns for self-protection. I got guns for shooting crackheads. I got guns for shooting snakes, bears. I got everything. Now, the only thing they told me is, oh, you posted a video with a gun and put hashtag Trump. Okay, and he's trying to ban bump stocks. What was I doing in the video? Bump fire. Now, I don't care if you're the police, if you're the motherfucking SWAT team, if you were the president himself, my mama, I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't come on my property unless you call me first. And from now on, the gate is always locked. Now, for you pansies and pussies who live in the city and you always got somebody stopping by your house and that's cool with you, you, you know what? Good for you. That's not cool with me for anybody to just knock on my door. I don't give a fuck who it is. And that just let that be a warning to anyone who thinks they want to look up my address and come to my motherfucking house and act like you're a fan or just a random person looking around. I promise you we're not going to be friends. Oh, and another thing. I can do bump fire with my pistol. And you can go ahead and ban bump stocks all you want. I'm about to get a binary trigger anyway. Okay, so it's cr- he's crazy. According to David, the Secret Service came to his home today. So the first thing that I need to say about that is that the haters have really stepped up the reporting game. I don't, I really literally do not know what to think because, like, I do not put it past the haters to call, like, the actual, like, Secret Service and get, like, really high-level government officials involved in something involving Teen Mom because, like, it wouldn't be the Teen Mom fandom. But, like, what if it was also just, like, weird assholes in, like, a tinted-out, like, SUV who showed up in suit? Like, I don't know what to think when it comes to the Teen Mom fandom. Well, at the beginning of the video, as you guys heard, he's talking about the FBI, and then he's like, no, no, they said they're the Secret Service. So I guess what happened was he posted, this is a whole thing. I don't know if you guys know. Did what you see, like, the part of the video where he was, like, yelling at the people in the SUV, like? Yeah. Truly like, wild. That means people were actually, like, really on the land. But continue. He, okay, so if you guys don't know, Trump is going to ban bunk 
ammunition. I hate guns. I don't, like, don't, don't know about bunk ammunition, don't care about it, or I don't even know if that's what it's called. I remember it being talked about last year, maybe the year before. It was, I think, used in the Pulse nightclub shooting. It was used in a shooting. They couldn't get it banned. Now, I guess Trump is going to ban it, which, I mean, good for you, Trump, I guess. <laughs> like, that's good. And... <laughs> <laughs> broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah. And so David is mad because David's a lunatic. But here's, okay. I, in a way, appreciate that at least David's honest about his desire to murder people with his guns. Because I personally think a lot of gun nuts are this way, but, like, won't admit it. And they're like, no, I'm a responsible gun owner. And, like, just go on those tirades, and they won't admit that, like, the reason they have guns is because they want someone to come on their property so they can kill them legally. Um, yeah, you know, I would have to, I'm a person who kind of has, like, a meh attitude towards, like, guns and gun violence just because, um, I feel like in particular inner cities were flooded with guns and drugs, and now they enter no, a reality where people who are actually not safe have to have them. So I take sort of offense to that whole rhetoric surrounding like, oh, people say they need guns to protect themselves. But that's something so far beyond in a way from anything involving David Eason. Like mm -hmm. David is a lunatic and he represents a special type of lunatic that you were just talking about that has this weird idea that people are going to come take their guns or they need to protect their land or whatever the hell. And <laughs> at least I feel I said this in our group chat, but I feel like David actually gave like a pretty good word to the fucking wise. Like, he literally said he's stockpiled with ammunition, he wants to kill people, and he wants, like, one of these crazy people who acts like they're a fan or they're just looking around to come to his property so he can kill them. Like, Janelle fans have always wanted to do stuff, like kidnap her dog and stuff, and, like, this is the wrong one. I hope they know that David's not the one. He So he posted this picture of himself, like, cuddled up with a gun. I posted this on my Instagram, EBP underscore feathers. And he put this caption, thanks for the visit from your Secret Service friends today at Real Donald Trump. By the way, it's kind of crazy that our president has real in his handle. <laughs> I think about that all the time because it's like he's the first president that came into the presidency with like social media. And I've never like said it to anybody, but it was one of those things that you just have to stop and appreciate because I feel like we've grown up with enough internet culture that everyone gets the context of why that is. Yeah, true. He says, I told them how much I like you, except for the fact that you want to ban bump stocks. Oh, bump. That's what they're called. And take guns away from people just because someone red flagged them. Then I told them to get the fuck out of my house and don't ever come past my trespassing assignments again. Like, holy shit, I thought you, your people were all about border security. What? He lives in North Carolina. Well, there is a border around my <laughs> land that is protected from intruders by lethal force. Also, just like your house. You get it? Oh my god. Don't expect my gate to ever be open again, and I hope and pray nobody ever tries to trespass on my property, as they will be met with fire and fury. The likes of which they've never seen before. Hashtag stay off my land. Hashtag no trespassing. Hashtag don't tread on me. Hashtag posted. Hashtag private property. So apparently he had posted this video about bump stocks and was like, had tagged Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi in it. Which like you, you can't really do. Like people do it. 
but like you'll if you get reported for that like you they'll look at you like you can't post like a menacing video and be like i'm coming to kill you nancy like they'll come look at you if it gets their attention in which david should be aware enough to realize that his post will always get their attention because the haters will report him just i don't i really don't know if this is the thing but i was like recently like hearing about pieces of rifles and like guns i don't i don't know anything about guns guys i'm not even going to pretend i do but there's stuff that you can put on guns that makes a semi-automatic rifle an automatic one i have no clue if that's yeah, the same thing there is but if it is that. it's fucking scary mm-hmm. but that David has any type of weapon, number one, but just it just gets it worse and worse from there. Um, Liz, did you watch the videos? Like, did you watch them or did you just listen? I watched them. Where did he get poison darts from? A, like, and he said it was a blow dart gun. He doesn't even have like <laughs> like a trigger you? dart gun. He has blow darts. Like, what kind of Tarzan ass bullshit is this? Like, David should go on naked just, and afraid. <laughs> He would kill his partner, though, and would automatically get a zero. Like, on the first night, he would, like, kill his partner and skin him and make a tent. But, like, where does one acquire poisonous blow darts? Do you just get them at Walmart next to the rest of the weapons? uh, They sell a lot of things at Walmart and Target these days. (laughs) I feel like Amazon is also a strong contender here because you can buy a Glock on Amazon. Yeah, if I just you have five hundred and fifty dollars. You can I really how does stuff yeah, like that work? Sales. You know, you can it's buy like, alcohol online, and it's like, are you twenty one? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's just private sales. It's like going to a gun show. Wee, Marka. So yeah, David is crazy. People are like, why isn't Janelle posted anything? And then she like posts something. They're like, she's just pretending like everything's fine. And I'm like, because I think it is fine for her. Like, I don't, I don't think David's acting any crazier than he acts every single day. No, I don't think so either. But, like, for people who didn't see it, like, hundreds of, like, bullets. Like, hundreds of shotgun shells. Like, for, for everybody who feels like Janelle is just feeding into it, like, Janelle's in a situation where even if Janelle wanted to leave, I think she's like in over her. She's in over oh, her fucking head. She's in. She way just really over is, her head. and that whole thing made like the situation bleak because I can see Janelle being hot headed and leaving because Janelle is impulsive. Janelle's gonna come and shoot does whatever the fuck she wants to do, and I see that kind of thing ending really badly. Like I've never been close to a situation like that, but there are people who I have known and been acquainted with who have, you know, mm-hmm. died in really unfortunate instances of domestic violence like that. So stuff, stuff happens every day. And this is a situation where, like, everything I've seen has always been one of those things where you would have never guessed it until everything happened. Mm-hmm. And every party Janelle situation points to this with, like, giant red arrows. It's so just... it's... it's it's scary. It's so scary because I really do truly believe in my heart that, like, this is an average day for her. Like, having to look at all of David's weapons and, like, him, like, ranting about the government. Like, the Secret Service just happened to be there today. But, like, I don't think that this was a very unusual day for her. And that's pretty terrifying. No, You know how, I forget who you had on, but you guys agreed that Janelle probably just, like, 
goes around the house throwing fits. Oh my god, dude! Like, her and David probably both do that like yeah. all day long. Like, then, they both just ran, mumble, and grumble under their breath and loudly in spurts about different random fucking things. And the kids just do the best, their best to tune all of it out. Oh, those poor kids. I also saw that Kale had tweeted Janelle and was like, I tried to text you, but the text was undelivered. And then tagged Kale Janelle in it. Like... Go fuck yourself, Kale. First of all, they're not friends. They have not been friends for many years. Second of all, Kale Isn't knows. He's so mad that Janelle outed her not secret fucking pregnancy because he knew, <sighs> like, reported it first. Yeah. And, like, Kale knows that David hates her. I mean, I don't, I don't think David actively hates Kale for any reason that he, like, he just hates everybody. You know what I, like, he hates all women and he hates everybody and just is a bully who likes to be an asshole. But, like, David and Kale clearly don't get along. And if Janelle really, truly is in a dangerous situation, like, Kale publicly tweeting, like, I'm trying to reach out to you, like, is it going to do shit for Janelle? I feel that way every time somebody, like, publicly does, like, a little open letter, like, I just want you to be safe, like, these children, I've, like, tried to text you, it's always like, okay, let the abuser know on social media that you're trying to get in touch with their victim so that they can get even more incense. That is truly the answer here. David is just And so Kale, like, scary. you doing that and saying that isn't going to make people like you more because the people who hate you hate you for a lot of different reasons that don't involve you playing patty cake with Janelle. So, like, the weird, like, ego thing you think you're getting doesn't even exist. Yeah, also, like, she could easily get Janelle's number. All she has to do is text one of their producers. So simple. I, I just, like, David's so scary. The video is so insane. And, like I said, the most insane part to me is that, like, he and Janelle think this is, like, perfectly normal. Like, maybe not Janelle, What, what is but... Bob doing in this moment? Because is Jace still going over there? What's Jace's, like... Jace is still going over Where there. Where is he, Jace is still going over there. Barb this week has been on, like, a tour of the Jersey Shore. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if Ashley... Because remember how Ashley Atlas's dad lives in New Jersey? And she would, like, move to New Jersey sometimes and, like, would go kidnap Atlas from New Jersey? Like, remember when she did that? Liz, you know that I don't remember that, but I love that you do. I can't believe... This was, like, post-Teen Mom Junkies, the Atlas stuff. So... This this was a dark period in my life, Liz. Like, we're going back to hard times. Yeah, it was post-Team Mom Junkie, so you might not have as been, like, as tuned in with the Ashley of it all. Um, but she, like, the the baby dad lives in New Jersey, so I'm wondering if maybe she they, like, went to New Jersey to see Atlas, because I think the dad has custody. And Barbara's in Atlantic mm-hmm. City in Cape May, so that's great for her. But I'm assuming Jace was with Janelle all week, if Barb wasn't there. But what if he's there today when the fucking Ooh. Secret Service comes? I just don't understand. At what point can Barbara get supervised visits? Does I am very concerned over how realistic Barbara is about the situation. Like she jokes with Doris about who she thinks David is going to shoot first, but how serious is she about that and everything that's happened? I don't know, because she still is filming with Janelle, and her and Janelle are apparently getting along, and they're going to yoga together, and 
I mean, as I've said a million Instagram like photo ops. Yeah, as I've said a million times, like Barbara values her relationship with Janelle over Jace. Jace's safety. Because even if Jace is Barbara's do over, like Janelle is always like the original proof that she did a bad job. She's always going to be like stepping back, trying to correct that. And if Janelle and Barbara are getting along right now, then she's definitely not going to do anything for custody because she knows Janelle will then ice her out again. And that's like her greatest fear, as we saw when she cried all day about the wedding and how she didn't get to go to the wedding, even though like she didn't want to fucking go to the wedding. It's it's just really unfortunate for Jace because there's no one in his life to truly prioritize them him. People praise Barbara for being the saint for taking on raising Jace, but like is it something that is truly so worthy of praise if it was not ultimately what was in Jason's best interest. Poor Jay should have been adopted. Barbara really, what she should have done is pushed a lot, a lot harder for Jace to be adopted in those early days. You know, and that's really not something I ordinarily advocate for, but let's be honest, Jace was a beautiful white baby oh. in America. Oh. He would have like, yeah. He would have been fine. He would have gotten a Brandon and Teresa in a second. I've, absolutely remember in, the, in her 16 a millisecond and i and feel like it's she tried it no, go ahead in her 16 pregnant she was like janelle and she wasn't like to- you could tell she wasn't really that bonded to jace yet so she's like should we find a family for it like and then janelle said no and barbara was like okay but i think if barbara had pushed harder during that first year they could have it could have been a result you know there's just like that would have been the best like scenario for Jace but I really feel like Janelle is delusional now about what happened if that's what happened Janelle would be spinning like like we think Caitlin and Tyler have like some confused ideas about what happened in their adoption story that would be a whole Ashley Salazar Caitlin and Tyler times 80 Mm. situation with Janelle if she had been convinced to go into adoption and I don't think that it would necessarily affect her life in the same way. Like, she'd be so depressed and, yeah. like, feel upset about not having the child. But I think she would use that to justify so many of her other issues and you're, not move past them. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But, yeah, I... Janelle. And it, it's really crazy that they're going to film this whole Team Mom 2 season and not include David at all. And I understand why. Like, I get he got fired. But I don't understand how you film Janelle's life and not film the person that she spends 100% of her time with. What is going to happen when, like, the 911 tape era is, like, like, what is that going to be like? I don't know. I'm curious as how Team Mom 2 is going to work. And it's going to be coming back soon because next week is the season finale of OG. I feel like that went by really fast. It did. I think they had a shorter. Yeah, I think they had a shorter season. I mean, Teen Mom is, I feel like they just kind of put together what they put together, and we just have to, like, deal with it at this point. (laughs) Because sometimes the season is 24 episodes, and sometimes it's 10, and they're just like, you get what you fucking get. Like, (laughs) you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about OG. You haven't been on, okay, first of all, I want to start with Cheyenne, because her by the way we only watched one episode of team i'm young and pregnant because you guys all know i'm morally against two episodes airing on the same night 
It's I mean, much. I watched most of the second one if we want to do like a I, spoiler alert I, thing where we touch on things, but I we don't have to do a full recap. I didn't even have oh, to Well, watch never mind it. then. <laughs> I mean, I think I have a general idea of what happened just from, you know, reading Reddit, but like, <laughs> I didn't watch it. Wait, yet. on a serious note, can we call this episode Cheyenne's Chorus Line? Yes. Let me write do that down. Do you remember... Okay, for everybody out there, including Liz, did you guys see that one part that was leading into a scene, like, in the middle of Cheyenne's episode where her and all of her friends were, like, in their robes and pajamas, like, flipping their hair and Mm -hmm. doing a little dance? But there was no music, nobody was saying anything, there was no chant, it was just well, they the pro- weirdest shit. What was that? Yeah, and I bet they had music playing and they had to dead all of the music that they didn't have rights to. No, I reject that. I <laughs> refuse to believe it. In my version, they were all doing this weird, creepy little Black Stepford Wives dance. <laughs> Okay. And it was just the epitome of why Cheyenne should not be on this show. It, because that's she, not the kind of shit that happens on Teen Mom. She does this episode. It, it, okay. It has never been more clear than in this episode why she does not make sense on this show. This was the least Teen Mom thing I've ever seen on this show. Um, it had nothing to do with parenting. It had nothing to do with co-parenting. Like, and please, miss me with, like, Corey and Cheyenne are trying to co-parent together like this is all drama which as I've said a million times it's interesting and I like it it's just so out of place that it's almost jarring in between scenes do you know what I I was watching it with my roommate and do you know what she said like Shanice obviously you you know what Shanice I know Shanice (laughs) shout out to her but I was watching it with her, and we both agreed that this show gives us, like, a VH1 vibe. Yes! Like, it doesn't even feel super yes. MTV at the end of the day. No, it doesn't be—or Bravo. Because MTV doesn't have a lot of—or really any—well, I guess they have Jersey Shore and, like, Floribam. But even still, that those are, like, circumstance brings these people together. They don't really have any shows that it's, like, following just, like, a family— you know, or, like, friends and just, like, living their lives that's not revolving around, like, on Jersey Shore for Floribama Shore it's, like, I guess yes, the a little social the experiment kind yeah. of idea. Yeah, but it do- it just doesn't, you're right it's like a V, it's like T.I. and Tiny <laughs> Yes, like okay, because Shanice said that, like, it kind of gave her love and hip-hop, and I didn't exactly feel that way, but it's not ratchet enough to be Black Ink Crew, so, like, no, 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 the no, no. Tiny was, like the, it, o- like, the family hustle was the only other thing that I could think of. Yes. Like, it has that kind of vibe. Yes, it totally does. And it just, first of all, why was Ryder at that weekend? Why were so many, like, grown adults at that weekend? All Why did Cheyenne have, like, 80 friends wearing <laughs> the same, like... The whole thing, it seems like a bridal shower or something. Yes, like, I am with a, the, the kind of person who loves a birthday. I love celebrating people on their birthdays. But it was just kind of like, you guys did this for the show. Mm-hmm. I don't believe she did it for the show. Cheyenne probably does this shit all the time. But you did it just... For the show of doing it. You know yeah, what I mean? for Instagram. Yeah, like, because what is this? Yeah, it just, I didn't get why Ryder was there. It was an adult weekend. They were partying and drinking. I was like, does can't she stay home with someone? And then I realized her mom and aunts were all there. 
I was like, well, I, I guess she can't stay home with someone because her entire yeah. her entire social network was there. Second of all, how many bet like how big of a house did they rent? There was like twenty five people there. I mean, did you see them when they were outside of it, like twerking in the sunshine? Like it was fucking huge, yeah. like the outside area. So the house itself had to be gigantic. I, it was just like. Also, I really didn't like that they didn't film in the club. So Corey and Cheyenne had some, like, huge drunken fight that we didn't see. And we just saw them recounting it. Which I'm like, okay, boring. Appar- oh, I also read online this week that someone... I feel like MTV didn't want to pay to do that. That's, I feel like shows like the Bad Girls Club know that they're going to do that. And they budget for it. And Teen Mom doesn't. So they were just like, yeah, no, we're not trying to get a permit in there. Fuck that shit. Apparently, um, Corey... <laughs> I read online this week that a girl from the challenge said that like her and Corey were dating this entire time that Teen Mom was filming. I mean, should I be shocked by that? No. That makes complete Am sense. Am I me. tickled by it? Yes. Is it true? Like, is there any evidence that could point to her like not being full of it? I don't know because I don't like know who she is, you know, but I believe it. I think, I don't know. It's like, I either want Cheyenne and Corey to hook up or I don't care to watch this storyline. You know, like, I don't care about a will they or won't they with a couple that I don't care about. Yeah, that's the thing. A will they or won't they is already a really hard sell on Teen Mom because we're watching a show about people that get together at the speed of light. Yeah, it's not. It's in people moving in after two weeks. So maybe if it was a couple we were invested in, like... If, I don't know, fucking Chelsea and Cole broke up mm-hmm. or something, and four episodes later, like, she made him cornbread. Yeah. And, like, did the whole Leah thing. Like, well, it's that not, would be something we were here to see. It's not a will they or won't they show because, yeah, as you said, like, I mean, we come into this show right from the jump already, like, they're couples because they have a baby Next together. Next pregnant. And then the will they or won't they aspect is, like, it's more like on and off again breaking up getting back together breaking up getting back together and they're teenagers so to like come in on this couple in their mid-20s that we have no emotional investment in and then we have to do this like do they like each other do they not i'm like i truly don't care not to mention the fact that they weren't ever together so it's not like oh they were cute and they had feelings but things got complicated it's like oh she had a boyfriend and they were on a weird reality show and they like fucked in one of those rooms with the night vision camera on like I think not even that they fucked at the reunion like (laughs) wait serious yeah I'm pretty sure that's just how little of the backstory about this I invested myself in because I always assumed that it was like an on the show hookup you know yeah one thing that I did, did you notice the scene the day after, like, they went out and had that fight, and Cheyenne's explaining what happened, and, like, she's holding court, and, like, everybody's sitting around her looking at her, but because they're filming, they're sitting in, like, a semicircle, and everyone's, like, directly facing the camera, and it just looks like, it was so, un- there was just, like, 25 people in, like, a semicircle, like, all facing the camera. It did have, Cheyenne. like, a weird, like, round table vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something so unnatural about it. It doesn't fit with Teen Mom. Their storyline isn't about parenting, like, at all. They, I don't, I just don't care about Cheyenne and Corey. 
I I just don't like Corey, and it makes it really hard to care about Cheyenne because she's not compelling or interesting to me Her at voice. all. Ryder is very cute, but like she's a baby, so she doesn't do anything for yeah. me to care about, especially because they only point the camera at her for like five seconds at a time. So I know nothing about her personality as a baby, really. Yeah, I also think, like, okay, so I think if Cheyenne and Corey were having more co-parenting issues and less, like, romantic issues, it could be more compelling because I think it's half working with Dakota and Bristol because, it like, their segments are about parenting and, like, them fighting about the kids and, like, a divorce. But with Cheyenne and Corey, it's like, okay, they're parents. Like, they get along well. Like, okay. Like, what else? There's just, like, not something underlying to it that ties them to Teen Mom, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I kind of... Her and Bristol are both weird additions, but I kind of see where Bristol makes sense more Mm -hmm. in the cast in multiple ways. Yeah. Well, she doesn't live, like, a party life. And before, it kind of seems like Bristol is the real, like, reach, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think with Bristol, the reason that it works more is because she kind of lives an opposite life of Cheyenne and Corey, who are both trying to be reality TV stars. All of their scenes are, like, them drunk and partying. Um, They're always, like, going to clubs and, like, doing that type of stuff, and that does not work on Teen Mom, because none of they also live in L.A., and it it just, it's so unnatural to Teen Mom, and Bristol's just, like, fucking around in Texas, like, screwing over her baby daddies, which is like, oh, this is, this is where I'm comfortable. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Texas is like, you know, it's no LA, but it's like a big state for teen mom, too. That's how, like, Bristol keeps her queen bee status, like, she, she's in the best of, like, the mid-country states. Yeah, okay, let's go into Bristol right after a quick break. Okay, so Bristol posted a really hilarious Instagram this week that I want to read just to set the tone of this episode. Okay, you know I started a new job, so, like, I need all of this context. I have missed a lot. Catch me up. Okay, so Bristol posted this. If I cared what people thought of me, I wouldn't be here today. Let's be real. I've stood strong and held it down for my kids since day one. No matter how bad Teen Mom tries to portray my life, my babies, my family, my close friends, they know the truth. I'm a pretty great mom, work my ass off, show up and hustle every day to give my kids a great life. At MTV doesn't want to talk about faith, show work ethic, or juggling three kids alone. They don't want to show the humble process of starting over after a divorce, building a career, or any real life issues. All they want with my little segment each week is some fake fill-in, Fair Abraham, Jerry Springer BS, and it's simply not true. Don't get me wrong, I've said some mean things and learned a lot in the last several months, but my life, but the life I've built for my kids is not sitting around talking about baby daddy drama. Every week is a continued disappointment with their inaccuracies and false narratives. I hate getting all emo on you guys, but I've kept quiet for too long. Don't believe everything you see on TV. Okay, I want to say to both Bristol and Dakota, I felt like when Dakota posted his little rant that he did 
a few episodes ago, I felt like I was taking fucking crazy pills because everyone was like, yeah, Dakota, that's right. Like, this MTV shit is, like, bullshit, and it's not about real teen motherhood. Yeah. But it's like, what? Dakota got in line and signed the contract to be on this show and get in line to get his stupid MTV welfare check. Like, everyone else on the show is doing. Like, why are you acting like the show wasn't on for ten seasons? Before you got on the goddamn show, when and you're acting about, like reality TV editing is new, like Bristol, your mom ran for office, and people like ran campaign ads against her. Like you know how editing works. <laughs> <laughs> this is not new shit. Like wh- I don't. I'm very confused I, about where any of this is coming from from either of them. I completely agree. Especially like Bristol pitched this thing at the beginning of the season where she's like. I'm coming on this show because I'm a fan of Teen Mom, and I've always watched Teen Mom, and I love it. And it's like, okay, so if you watched one episode, just one episode, you would know what this show is about. Like, we're we're not watching you to go to church. I'm not interested in, like, you the humbling process of getting a divorce. Like, who cares? I want to watch you and Dakota fight because Dakota's crazy. I think what Dak- what Bristol's most mad about is that crazy Liz. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that's that. How he ends like eighty percent of his sentences. I'm not. No, he yells it. He doesn't just say I'm not crazy. He like projects it into the world. <laughs> but he, I think Bristol like truly did not expect Dakota to come on and just like let his freak flag fly, and just like be so open with the cameras. And, like, so unfiltered. And I think that she thought that he would, like, rein it in. And so they would be forced to, like, show what she wanted them to show. And I think she's a control freak. And I think she's really mad that she doesn't get say over what's going on. And she's really mad that Dakota, like, came on and talked shit. And that that because he did that, like, that's what the storyline's about. I just still don't understand what, what, uh, this is like Bristol walked onto the set, uh, whatever, the producers came to her house and she thought this was going to be like an HGTV show. (laughs) Like that, if Cheyenne is the H1, like Bristol thought this was going to be HGTV. Yeah, I want to also read this thing that she posted on her um, Instagram stories, like someone asked her. How do you handle being a conservative woman in today's society when it's unpopular? And she said, I stay out of politics. It's definitely not cool to be considered conservative, but I'm no sucker. I'm not going to jump on some bandwagon just because it's trendy. At the end of the day, where you fall on the political spectrum, you should not ever de- should not ever define how you treat someone. And then in very small letters, she wrote, also, P.S., conservative to me is pro-god pro-life pro-second amendment pro-business and capitalism if i were into politics i'd be saying less is less is more about government we need to get back to business like fuck yourself bristol she's such a bozo i mean but at the end of the day i still like order off amazon and like take uber and shit like that so there's yeah. only so seriously that I can even take it all if I want to continue to live my own life comfortably. That's true. But I just find her, like, this added... First of all, I want to say that Bristol in that Instagram post that she made, I think, was using very pointed language. 
to rile up her conservative fans when she's like, MTV isn't interested in showing my faith. I think she was like purposely saying like the liberal media isn't, you know what I mean? Like isn't giving me a fair shake. I think that she... Oh, of course, but it's been, it's what she's been raised to do. Like these talking points are like yeah. bred into her. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, her mom was governor before she ran for vice president. Like this has been a long time and... I just can't, like, you don't come onto a show in season 10 that's literally about drama and then complain that you're getting edited for drama. It makes absolutely no sense. She and Dakota, I am starting to see, like, how they ended up together, even though there seems like there's no chemistry between them. They seem to be a similar type of crazy. Yeah, I can see that. By the way, I think they're, like, fucking again, because this weekend... Or last weekend, she posted pictures of, like, all the kids together with Dakota, with Santa. And then he posted something about how Bristol's, like, such a great mom. And, like, always Yeah, he was like, mom. oh, I said some shit before, but, like, I it was all bullshit because she's never been anything but a great mom. Yeah, they fucking. Because that's what they do. I think they break up and get back together all the time. Probably. I don't... <laughs> this is awesome. I'm not... <laughs> I was just thinking about it, and the first thing that came into my mind was, like, Dakota gives her the PTSD, baby. Like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm terrible. Anyway, what else happened? So, uh, Bristol, like, she's like, I'm so mad that he's talking trash about me on social media. And she sends him this, like, six-paragraph long text, and then, like, it goes to red right away and she's like it took six seconds for him to read that why isn't he responding and it's like that's not what a read receipt meant it meant that he like clicked on the text <laughs> like, doesn't mean he fully read the whole text bristol um i don't know because i'm crazy like bristol <laughs> because like she said it took six seconds for him to click on it and open it so like you you saw that you saw that long ass paragraph you know your red receipts are on. Because now you can turn your red receipts on for an individual person if okay. you're really that dedicated to being petty. Oh, that's good knowledge. These are the things that go through my insane mind. <laughs> I just can't, like... Bristol is the, the worst type of control freak. Where she, like, it is truly her way or the highway, and she has no tolerance for anything else. And I just can't imagine how unbearable that is to be around. Both of them give me, like, the weirdest vibes. Like, Dakota, something behind his eyes isn't right, and he's been through a lot of shit, so I understand why that may be set up that way, but it makes me uncomfortable. This yes. whole... Her new face looks really nice, but it also looks like a mask, and it scares me. <laughs> it does. I oh, my like God. It really does. Atley, and these are the two people. Like, they look like fucking Tim Burton characters. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's totally unhinged. Like, when he is, like, getting worked up, when he'll be talking to Kurthy. Oh, my God. There's one scene where he's, like, ranting at Kurthy, and she, like, leans back, like, stands back, and she just has this look on her face, like... Oh, God. Like, what have I gotten myself into? She felt like she was, like, a Janelle producer for a second. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Someone's like, call Kristen. Get Kristen here. <laughs> yeah. 
Dakota's like, why would we... Dakota calls Bristol, and she's like, I want to talk. And he's like, is it about the kids? And she's like, no. And he's like, then why would I talk to you? <laughs> that was very, like, season one and two Joe. Yes. Very season one and two Joe. And it's funny, because I thought about season one and two Kale and Joe and Jordan, but that must have been why I was watching Young and Pregnant. Um, but it was, it was very, he's like, are kids okay? Yeah, then I don't want to talk to you. Which, like, he's not wrong, but on the same hand, like, Bristol's not wrong either. Like, stop talking shit about her on social media, Dakota. Like, there doesn't have to be, you do not have to go online and talk shit about your baby's mom, ever. You don't have to, and also, like, you don't really need to talk to your other co-parent outside things that directly are involving the children but like also as just like a common decency thing between anybody that you talk to like no one can say like hey can I talk to you for a minute about something and you just be like I have no reason to talk to you (laughs) well I think you can say like oh you know we've been through this and I don't want to have this conversation again but like you can't just say no like that's not how good relationships between people work so I think I just figured out something that's wrong in their relationship. Bristol, I hope you're listening. I think that Dakota... Okay, Dr. Bentley, lay it on us. I think that Dakota is such a straightforward person, and whatever's going on in his brain, like, makes him have very black and white thinking. He doesn't have a lot of filter. He needs you to say, like, exactly what he need, you need to speak with him about or for him to understand, like, why you should be speaking. But Bristol is a person that only speaks in vagueness and only, like, like when she was talking to him, she's like, I just want to, like, talk about going forward. And to Dakota, like, going forward doesn't mean anything. Like, they're co-parenting their kids, like, they're on this show, but, like, who cares? Like, there's nothing else to talk about. And this vague bullshit that Bristol, and I think if Bristol said, like, Dakota, I need you to stop fucking talking about me and we need to have a conversation about how we're not going to, like, do bullshit online he'd maybe be willing to talk but she like speaks in these like weird platitudes and like like facebook quotes basically <laughs> and i think like it just like his brain like can't process it it makes me wonder what the fuck they've been talking about their entire relationship truly i did think it's interesting that he was like he was like so you only call me when cameras are around and you only want to talk when cameras are around and she sure said there's accountability when the cameras are around but like i i kind of got like i was like yeah that makes sense because she wants him to say on camera like i'm going to stop talking i mean i get what she was doing she wants him to say on camera i will stop talking about you and then the next time he posts about her she can screenshot and be like didn't you guys see what he said that he was gonna stop talking about me see what i have to deal with Oh, I I totally got what she meant. Like, not only is it being recorded between the two of them, but it's being broadcast on national TV. So she has credibility. Bristol is just annoying. And the way she talks is like, Farrah, if Farrah didn't talk like she had brain damage. (laughs) Yeah, I just think that Dakota probably gets so frustrated with her, like, politician talk. I was just going to say, like, she makes campaign promises every time she talks to anybody. (laughs) And Dakota, on the other hand, is like, I think you should go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like, have you noticed every time Bristol is talking about, like, a situation or anything, she has a stump speech for people where she hits, like, some basic points? No, she does. And that's what that Instagram post was. Like, she has to hit, you're so right. She really does. Ugh. She's not... 
I, I don't really get, like, what MTV was trying to do with Team Mom OG this season. And, like, bringing in Bristol was, like, it's still kind of a weird choice. Like, I do, like you said, like, I think Bristol and Dakota fit much better than Cheyenne and Corey. But, like, I don't know. I also don't know how they'll work in the long run. I wonder what's going to happen next season. I I really want to know when the farewell season is. I, I just have so many, like, questions about it, especially because they've taken Teen Mom off the air before. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, are they going to do a farewell, or is it a see you later, or, like... What? I think I think that's a great question. My best guess is that they'll do a farewell season, and they'll, like, promote the shit out of it as a farewell season, and then it'll go off the air for two or three years, and then come back. Oh. Because what if they care oh if they God. do a farewell tour and then they're like, psych, I mean, how many farewell tours has Fleetwood Mac been on, you know? What if they do, like, what if they bring it back but it's called, like, Teen Kids? I mean, you know I'm here for that. Please. Oh, like, if we follow Jace around a normal day at his high school? From your mouth to God's ears, Tomlin. I would do a lot of things just to see that. Let's talk about I Amber. I I love to follow. Like, take me to Isaac and his friends who were probably, like, doing musical theater or something. Oh, Isaac. I can't wait to see what Isaac's like. I could pass on Aubrey. Aubrey will be fine because her life's so normal. Aubrey's going to be, like, bull- no, I'm no, I'm terrible. I was going to say Aubrey will be, like, bullying, like, the ugly girls in his class. <laughs> I don't hope that happens, but if it does, well, like, I'm she's just like her mom. I mean, really. I forget this. This is feathers in my hair where we keep it real about how stuff really is. Like, uh, Cole is going to keep Aubrey in the, like, latest Ugg boots. Yeah. And she is just going to, like, play the rest of the Hose and Council Bluff. Or, wait, no, that's Sioux Falls. Sparrow. Where'd they live? Sioux, Sioux Falls. Falls. Yeah. One of those <laughs> double name places. <laughs> One of those places that does not exist to you and me. So Amber, like, woke up this week to give us a little drama, and I'm wildly concerned. I, so are we going to talk about Amber and just the alarm bells first, or Gary and his dad, who looks exactly like him? Okay, first? let's talk about Gary and his dad. Okay, I uh, this might be controversial. I know but you don't care, so let's just do it. I'd be fine with Gary never being on the show again, unless it's to talk shit about Amber. Like, he just does a talking head. Yeah. Oh. Bring talking <laughs> he heads to Teen Mom. To say every week. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, oh my god. We have that kind of with Young and Pregnant with the flip cams a yeah. little bit. Yeah, just give us a Gary flip cam moment about every time that, like, Amber blew off Leah in the last month. That's all I need Gary for. I just don't need Gary's dad, whose name is Michael Jackson, by the way. <laughs> How did I miss that in the episode? Oh, I don't think it was. I just read an article about it a couple weeks ago. His dad is named Michael Jackson, and apparently Michael Jackson Jr. was in Gary, like in high school with Gary, and Gary knew him. What? Oh, wow. That's weird. Yeah. I wonder, like, how they got to this guy, like, how the, P- the P.I., like, I wonder if Gary had a suspicion it could be him and gave the P.I. like his name like you know like how or maybe Jody well, like 
his dad was saying that like as soon as he got the call something really clicked for him and he automatically felt like he was going to be really disappointed if he wasn't Gary's dad because it all just seemed so right and he felt like something had been missing or something yeah so there like I know that Gary's mom was like I, I really don't know but I feel like it might have been a thing where she like had an inkling about somebody that was a lot stronger than anything else like it was yeah. stronger than a movie yeah I also wonder if like Maybe they asked one of her sisters, like, who was she messing around with at the time? Um, or, because I remember... So, you know, I, Facebook exists now, so shit is, like, way different than when Gary... How old is Gary? Like, 33? Yeah, maybe, yeah, probably around there. Maybe a little younger. Like, if you think back to the time around Gary was born, like, social circles were a lot smaller because the That's internet true. didn't exist. Like, it's probably easy. Like, if you remember that one guy who used to come to parties, like, you could find his friend that came with him to that one. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And remember, like, Jody said last season that, like, he always knew there was a possibility that he wasn't the dad, but, like, had decided to make the decision to, like, sign this birth certificate and, like, take responsibility, even though, like, I don't think he did. Like, he was in and out of Gary's life. So I wonder if Jody was, like, just not willing to say it on on camera but said it off camera like hey like i knew she was messing around with this guy mike jackson (laughs) you know that's a real possibility too like at the end of the day they what are we talking about like 19 like 80s in a small town indiana yeah yeah isn't it crazy that gary went to high school with his brother and I had no idea. The, it's crazy because Gary looks exactly, exactly like his father. Like, Gary is a little heavier, but mm-hmm. the nose, the jaw shape, like, the their eyes, facial hair everything. isn't totally dissimilar. Like, <laughs> their whole, like, head square head shape is, like, very distinctive. Leah has it, too. So does Emily. Like <laughs> They do. They all have that head. You're so right. It's a very strong family feature, and it's just kind of crazy, because the second this guy sat down, it's just like, if this is not Gary's dad, then there's something in the water in Indiana. Like, I mean, I am happy for him that he found his dad. Like, I'm not a cold-hearted person. Like, I'm happy for him. I just, it just isn't that compelling for me to watch. And I think it just goes back to the fact the that, The whole like, rest of the show sucks so bad, though, that, like, that part was at least like, oh, Gary. Yeah. I think, like, all the Gary scenes, to me, just aren't that compelling, because he's just normal. <laughs> like, there's not, like, he just, like, mows his lawn and hangs out with his wife, and, like, they play with their kids, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Gary isn't, like, the only reason I tolerate Gary scenes is because, like, when I watch Chelsea scenes, it feels so much like this is meant to be your palate cleanser so you can get through the show. And Gary's are more like, hey, you know Gary. <laughs> like, get some, get Gary doing some stuff. <laughs> like, you know? You guys remember Gary? <laughs> we like Gary. That's true. I Yeah, I think also MTV just loves Gary. I bet Gary's very easy to work with. You know, like, I bet they're super nice to the crew and producers, and they're always there when they say they'll be there. I bet, like, the pr- production texts Christina and is like, hey, are we selling for 10? And she's like, yep, we're ready. And they come right over and shoot their scenes. Like, there's no bullshitting. Like, Christina has, like, some food made and laid out for them. Gary will give MTV a funny line here and there. Like, I think he's just, like, a very reliable cast member to them, which is, like, rare on this show. 
Probably, and you will remember that MTV first became acquainted with Amber and Gary and wanted them, and they were kind of like the flagship of the show. They absolutely were. In case you guys don't know, um, Amber's brother, Sean Bubba, was going to be on, but I don't think the episode ever... Bubby. I don't think his episode ever aired, right? Of Young and Engaged or Engaged and Underage, whatever that show was called. Yeah. Which I watched. I don't... I don't think so. I think it was supposed to be a two-part, and they never aired it. Which, yeah. Ugh. So his episode never aired, but while they were filming, they met Amber, and they met Gary. And I think they had already been, like, kind of kicking around the idea of, like, a teen pregnancy show because they have, were doing a teen marriage show, so it made sense to do teen pregnancy. And Amber was, like, I mean, talk about striking gold with Amber and Gary, who just, like, we're fucking white trash willing to lay it all out there in the best way. And it was exactly what they were looking for. And they did like the sizzle reel based on Amber and Gary. And that's why we have teen mom now. Yeah. So, you know, not only do has Gary been consistent through all of these years, but like Gary, Gary delivered on everything yeah. they wanted from him. Yeah, he's part of the reason so, that 16 and pregnant I think happened. MTV has a really good reason to treat Gary well, and I think Gary also appreciates what MTV does for him. Yes. So it's a, it's a real quid pro quo. They know yeah. that he's the primary caregiver of Leah, so he's the gateway to a lot of the shit. Mm-hmm. So, and True. Gary knows that too. Yeah. So it, it's just point. working well for everybody involved, especially Amber, who's not doing shit. Yeah, that's a really good point. And they can still get access to Leah without needing to go to Amber. Because you know they text Amber and they're like, hey, we'll be over at 10 to film. But then don't hear from Amber until like 2 p.m. Like, Yeah, but if they say that they're going over to Gary's and they're filming like with Leah and shit, it might be like, I mean, not every time because still Amber. Mm-hmm. But once in a while it might be like, oh, wait. Yeah, I'm yeah. Enough. That's true because she gets competitive with Gary. That was, like, their whole relationship. Like, her calling Gary a stupid piece of shit and, like, trying to feel like she was above him, even though the, Gary was the one who was, like, getting awarded the temporary custody of Leah and all of that yeah. stuff when shit really hit the fan. Yeah. So, speaking of Amber, <sighs> I am so worried for Amber. Like, genuinely deeply concerned. I have been forever um, when is Amber going to realize that like meds are not the answer to all of her problems and that resting in medication isn't going to solve her borderline personality and bipolar disorders? The thing that is truly scary to me about mental illnesses, personality disorders, and everything of that ilk is that when you are not dealing with the rational mind, Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I can expect from people. Mm. And I'm not a professional of any sort, so it's very hard as a lay person to kind of, like, reconnoiter and figure out just what level people are working at. Yeah. Amber is okay first of all i say i would say that amber suffers from something that in aa we call chronic uniqueness which is that you truly believe you are the only person in the world that suffers like you do and this really came out today when she was talking about um 
like how she can't go to a support group because she's on TV and how she can't like get anything from women that just sit at home and cry all day because she had to cry on camera. And I think the reality is like her situation is unique, like very much so. There are not so many people in this world that have been on 10 seasons of a reality show and done it the way that Amber has. But I really think that she believes that like no one else could ever relate to her suffering because she's so different from everyone else in reality she's not that different yes she has some unique circumstances but I think her thoughts and feelings and actions are pretty similar to a lot of people that suffer from the same uh, conditions she has I feel like a lot of that was Amber's illness talking because Mm -hmm. Amber went to fucking prison yeah and dealt with women who had never, like, left the state of Indiana or anything before and was able to relate and find common ground and yeah. kiss her cellmate yeah. in the mouth and shit. So, like, <laughs> Amber Amber just goes the fuck off when things happen. And Andrew is an easy punching bag because he just sits there and is giant and is kind of like, oh, baby, you're so crazy. <laughs> so, first of all, that charcuterie board... And the why I love you sign, like, melted my heart a little bit. I really like Andrew, even though I know something's wrong with him. Because he's, like, willing to date Amber. And, like, be part of this. Yeah. Can I just say that as a Californian, Andrew has a total Southern California accent. Like, it's so strong and heavy. And it's interesting to me because he sounds like somebody who's from where I'm from, especially because I live in Boston now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of don't get that every day. I kind of pick up on people who sound like they're from where I'm from. But something about Andrew's, like, just whole, like, idiosyncrasies in his demeanor and everything, something's not right about him. And it's kind of just, like, it's not, like, a cultural thing because I can tell you're from around me and you're still weird. Like... <laughs> I don't know what it is about him, but something's not right. Something's not right, but you have to admit he's pretty endearing on this show. It's it's really hard to hate Andrew if you never, ever got on the internet and knew nothing about yes. anything else that Andrew has ever done. Oh, we would but be standing What, what has he ever done wrong on Teen Mom? He talked bad about Gary and called him fat one time, and Andrew's fat now, so, like, everything's even, right? <laughs> he just, like, that charcuterie board was... And it was just so funny the way that Amber said it. She's like, he just, like, is doing nice things for me, like, the charcuterie board. She said boards, like, this is something he commonly does. And if that's the case, like, can I come live at the Portwood house? Like, I love cured meat. I mean, hard same. I think that Andrew, like, runs their entire, I think, like, Matt did. She, like, that's what her boyfriends do. Like, they pick up all her meds. They do all the grocery shopping. They clean the house. Like, I think her boyfriends, like, run her entire life. And I bet Andrew makes her dinner all the time. What if Andrew's, like, whole life and all of his charges and his passion is, like, a series of, like, just weird misunderstandings because he's that type of guy who just does this for women? (laughs) I mean, maybe. Like, because... I feel, like I heard some statistic like some crazy percentage of women who are in prison are in prison because they were accomplices to yes. some crazy thing a man wanted to do. No, you're and absolutely like, right. That, and that doesn't even sound unbelievable. It's just, that just sounds like the way life happens. Like absolutely. And so, on that, wait, I just want to like Andrew living in the opposite way. 
on that women thing, and then women also get higher sentences because they don't um, usually have the same access to information. So, like, they can't do as good of plea deals as men because they're accomplices to these crimes but don't necessarily know the inner workings of, like, the criminal organization that their man is connected with. So they don't have yeah, valuable like, information. You, you don't have any information to, yep. like, bargain with. Yep. That's just, like, a little unfun fact for everybody. But, yeah, Andrew, I just, I don't know. I don't get him. I don't get how he fell in love with Amber, why she was on marriage boot camp. I don't get how he has all these restraining orders and drug charges and, like, that just what doesn't... What if he has, like, a weird fetish for, like, bad, fucked up women? I mean, you probably Like, does. what if that's where, like, the stalking charges and, like, the guns and all the drugs... Like, what if that's what it is? Like, Aww. he gets twisted up with these, like... <laughs> Like, this, this is so misogynistic. Like, yeah. you're finding any way for it to be Amber's fault. Yeah, I don't... But I just, I just, I want... Because, like, him just being, like, fucked up and weird is too easy. Teen Mom is never this easy. Yeah, and also, like, Tomlin, if that was the case, there'd be one restraining order, not two. You know what I mean? One time's a mistake, <laughs> two times is... Uh... It's like DUIs. You can't rack those up. Exactly. Um, But, like, when... So he, like, FaceTimes his sister and it's... Okay, first of all, Amber's like, my doctor says I have postpartum depression and gave me some meds. And it's like, I don't... Like, obviously, meds are very important for Amber. She has bipolar disorder. But, like, she... I feel like all she does... Like, she doesn't have a therapist. She doesn't go to therapy. She just, like, goes and sees a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist gives her meds. They don't help. She goes off the meds. And it's just, like, this cycle and it's like... I really feel like, also I love that she said that um, her doctor said that she needed to take her meds and to relax or get some rest. That was like his like cure-all for postpartum depression. And I just, it's just like, no, she needs to go to therapy. And Andrew's sister's like, well, what about a support group? And it's like, yeah, I'm sure like a support group would help, but Amber needs DBT. Like, she needs to be in DB, like, intensive, like, if someone needs to go away to treatment for their, like, depression disorder, it's Amber. Like, Amber should go to a six-week intensive DBT treatment. Yeah, like, an actual one, not like, um... No. What, didn't she go to one of those Passions of Malibu places, or was that Janelle? Um... Did she go? I think she did, remember? Because she, like, brought in, like, a ton of drugs with her. Yeah, that's where she was chewing on the fentanyl patches. But yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. if that was, like, a court-ordered rehab no, 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 or that she was, went to that was an M- one. So I think that was an MTV re- rehab, and then I think there were also court-ordered ones. But, yeah, she needs to go to, like, a, no, like, a real mental health treatment facility. Like, I think she would really benefit from that. Do you think that Amber is honest when she says she's clean from pills? Because that in itself is very impressive to me. Mm, I don't know. I wonder what she considers clean from pills. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like opiates. Okay. Yeah, I could believe that. I could believe that she is like, does not do opiates anymore. I could believe that. But then at the same time, it's like, but if she just replaced it with drinking, smoking weed, taking Xanax, taking Adderall, like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Yeah, those, those wouldn't be the greatest. Yeah. So I'm not like, sure. I, 
I do believe, though, that she does not take opiates anymore. I, I think we would know a little more if she did. Um, I think that, like, she just is so mentally ill and probably gets a lot of other types of... I mean, I think we know that she gets a Xanax prescription. Like, I feel like she talked yeah. about that recently. And I we know how much she drinks. Like, we see her drinking a lot. And I just... I don't know. I think she could... I, I do believe that she's clean from opiates. And I think that's, like, part of the reason that she stays alive is because, like, that's, like, the only sense of, like, confidence she has is that she was able to get off opiates. I can see that. And I don't know. This may be, like, me being profoundly, like, ignorant of how mental illness works, but I've always, like, kind of gotten the inkling that Amber, like, okay, so drug abuse is almost always, and I'm pretty sure just generally always, a symptom of an underlying issue in a person's life, and it's the way they cope with something. And I've always kind of felt like Amber was able to kick her addiction but has never been able to, like, completely live a sober life because... Yes. Like, when you were talking about Leah's podcast with her saying she was dependent and not addicted, like... I think there are some people who will just literally use anything to cope, and a lot of people are able to get off of drugs and just drink forever, mm-hmm. or get off of drugs and just become a total pothead and smoke weed all of the time, because it, it goes so much deeper than the addiction. Like, the addiction is not their primary mental illness. Yes. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. I think that she was self-medicating with opiates, 100%, and I think that, yeah, she was able to kick the... And I think also, like... I think she was very scared by the consequences that opiates, like, made for her. And I think she genuinely was scared by those. And so they are really motivating for her to not get back on them. But I think that she doesn't see the same type of, like, external consequences for the drinking. And, I mean, I'm sure she smokes pot. And we all know she, like, does other pills. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't see, like, she's not getting arrested for those so she feels like it's fine and she's managing but like there here's the thing there's no way that amber could be sober because she's so unwell would you want to be sober if you were amber and you had that brain i have my own brain that's hard enough to cope with and it's not even half as bad as what amber has to battle with yeah So, I don't know, I just, she's so sick. And apparently in the scenes for next week, she's talking about being suicidal, which is really scary because the number one, like, risk factor for a completed suicide is a previous attempted suicide. Which Amber has more than one of. Yep. And it's really scary, and I really, I see a really, like, it's just so dark, and I know I've said it on the podcast before, but every time I say it, I feel so... It's upsetting to say, but I really, out of everybody on Team Mom, like, I can see Amber's life ending in suicide. And that's awful. But she's just so unwell and so defiant when it comes to treatment and so uninterested in getting any sort of substantial treatment. And, like, when Andrew suggested that they go to, like, you know, the group therapy, like, she flipped. And it's just, like, how... How is she going to get better? Like, she's just so closed off to getting better. And I think she 
I think she's like finally starting to accept that she needs meds because you know that's been a struggle for however many years that she like won't like stay on the meds and I think this season it seems like she's kind of accepting the meds but I think she's a long long way off from accepting therapy and I think that's because she thinks that like no therapist or person can understand her because she's on TV which is so oh it's not great it's not great at all and I I just you know the, the meds are good like she needs to be on mood stabilizers clearly but like she she seems to have no control over her actions and that's worrying it really is very worrisome I just like you said like Amber has prior attempts in her past more than one one that was like recorded and used as a promo for one season of teen mom like oh my god the 911 call wasn't there like didn't they include like a a 911 call or something yeah gary called 911 because amber said she was going to kill herself and then she tried to hang herself yeah yeah if we're talking about ways to die there are also like there's a common pathology in the way men commit suicide and the way women commit mm-hmm. suicide. And hanging yourself is generally seen as one of the more, like, violent ways yes. to end your own life. It's not pretty. No. It's very ugly and leaves a big scar. So it, it says a lot about the state of mind that a person is in when they would do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just... It's concerning that somebody could feel that angry and want to inflict such violence and pain upon themselves. Yes. And I don't think that's something that just goes away without proper treatment. And the the American criminal justice system is not <laughs> proper treatment no. for anybody. No. I really do think she, like, in her head has convinced herself. Because, you know, she has that whole narrative about how she chose to go to jail. And, like, how she was, like, it was the most responsible thing she ever did. And she got her life back and et cetera. Her hero, like, worship of herself for going to jail. And I really think in her head, she's like, well, I went to prison. Like, I don't need therapy. Like, it's fine. I did the groups in prison. Like, what else? I did anger management there. I don't need anything else. And it's like, you do. You desperately do. It's just shocking the lack of self-awareness that people are able to have about themselves, but I don't know. I feel like there are also situations that people are brought up in where they just are never allowed to have that much perspective on anything. It's it's hard to describe exactly what I mean. I think I get what you mean, that, like, it's hard to have perspective when your entire life and everybody you know and all of your family members live the same way you do. Yeah, Exactly. And it can seem a lot like other people who do other things and think other things. They're just, like, full of it, or they're just different types of people. There was Mm -hmm. one episode of, like, Law & Order SVU I was watching where, like, I don't remember the fucking plot, but at one point this lady said, like, how could a woman like you ever understand a woman like me? Yeah. And it's something I think about a lot when I interact with people. Yeah. That's very, it's very true. Amber, I'm just like, I'm just so worried. And I will say, like, I was pretty impressed with Andrew's ability to just, like, sit there and take it as Amber did her thing. Because Andrew ain't right. Andrew was probably, he probably ate, like, a fat edible who was reading The New Yorker. (laughs) Just like, all right, let it, let him have it. 
And this is a weird, quirky guy. He's, like, embalming people in the basement of wherever they're staying. Also, have we, like, discussed his clothes and, like, the outfits that he wears? <laughs> I like Denise's only comment when she saw him on screen, and I was like, this is Amber's new man, because, you know, it's been a while since she's, like, saw everything. She was just like, oh. <laughs> because so- he was wearing that weird, like, Hawaiian what, shirt. Was that, like, a velveteen blazer <laughs> with, like, pinstripes on it? With, like, a Hawaiian shirt under it? Like... The Hawaiian shirt, no disrespect to the Hawaiian shirt, because that's like fat guy like it's dressing like an, in a college shirt 101. It's like, like on It's Always Sunny when Mac gets fat and they start wearing those Tommy Bahama shirts. He's like, they're comfortable. I mean, that's just like, that's classic for the culture. Yeah. But yeah. everything else about it is always like, okay, like, I mean, I can appreciate that he's like a hipster, but he's also like 40. Oh, yeah. How old is he? I don't think I know how old he is. I don't know. He's, like, I mean, he's probably, like, Gary's age, but, like, the gray hair isn't helping him. He looks Something, so old. I what is it? The, thought. the gray hair. Okay, I don't, I don't know if you have ever discussed this. I don't know if your listeners care about it, but Andrew's facial hair makes me uncomfortable, and it's not because he has a beard, but it's because his beard grows, like, all the way around his lips. There are no gaps. <laughs> It's just like being, he looks like a Furby. I never noticed that, but I'll have to look. Got, Liz, look at a picture of Andrew Glennon right now. <laughs> okay, Andrew Glennon. Oh my, I like, I do know what you're, oh, you're right. Oh, <laughs> yikes, that's tough. He's gained a lot of weight. It's kind of shocking from, like, the first pictures we saw of him. Like, he's always, he was, like, big before, and now he's, like, big boy. Yeah, before he was, like, big, and now he's, like, big and tall, like the store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what's sad, though, about An- Amber? Okay, his, yeah, it's, like, his, the beard is, like, fully on his lips. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um... The weird thing about Amber is, like, this is terrible, but she really, like, looks the best she ever has this season. Like, she looks really good. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know if it... No, actually, I was going to say I'm not sure if it's just because she looked so bad the past couple seasons. But it it's is not bad. that at all. Because, like... You don't think so? I think it's part... I think that's part of it. Because she looked bad. I think that's part of it, but, like, everybody praises, like, the purple air hair amber era yeah, where like jail. it was yeah, right yeah. before she met Matt but I really didn't think she looked that good Liz I'm gonna share something very shameful with you right now oh, God. as I think um I've shared before on this show 16 and pregnant premiered a few days before or a few days after my 16th birthday I don't rightly recall right now but I was watching like the promos in my living room and my mom came and saw what I was watching and just looked at me and said don't you dare <laughs> I walked out of the room. <laughs> and after that, I was like, this show is my through the looking glass experience. So I just was always very invested. I mean, look at, look at me now, 10 years later. <laughs> but I used to think that Amber was so gorgeous, like in the first couple seasons of Teen Mom. Like before she really went off the rails with drugs and spray tans. Like heavy, heavy Amber. I love that. 
I mean, she I was love pretty. The chunky Amber with the blue eyes and like the lots of eyeliner and those terrible bangs, but I fucking loved her with those bangs. Like she looked like a Cabbage Patch doll, and I just really thought she was the cutest thing. And I always thought she had a very, very interesting look to her. And then I saw her dad come on screen that one episode where she choked Gary for the first time, and I was like, oh, he's a whole ass like Native American guy. That's cool. <laughs> And I've always thought she was so pretty, and she when she was with Matt, she just did weird fucking things to herself. That blonde hair even and that tight drag, bun. Ugh. Oh, the bun. Not, even before the bun, do you remember when she stormed Farrah on the reunion stage, and it was in that weird, like, wannabe Marilyn Monroe style? Oh, yeah, that was tough. And she was wearing that, like, Morticia Adams, like, dress mm-hmm. with those weird, like, lace-up shoes that people wear to, like, quinceañeras and weddings and any other event <laughs> like with heels yes I remember that was I mean I would love to see Amber and Farrah like hit each other I am still sad that that didn't happen but I want you to know that like every 90 days or so I like go on YouTube and watch that video <laughs> the unedited you know, one in the UK yeah because yeah. you know in the UK they don't bleep stuff yeah where they're just screaming, and it's like, it's so yeah. jarring the way you yeah. hear like Amber's footsteps and the cursing. <laughs> it just really does something. When Michael really like flies, is so funny. <laughs> no, when they carry Matt out with like one security guard on each arm, like he's in a stockade or something. I miss Matt. I'm gonna be honest. I miss Simon because Simon was high as hell and just like twirled around like kid in this candy store laughing the entire time. Well, they're going to be on X on the Beach soon. So I don't want to watch them in that like arena though. I'm going to watch like clips that MTV puts online of them. I'm not gonna watch. That's that's about all I'm doing for it. I would love to just like get footage of like Simon and Farah as like a couple at a cocktail party. Like, a garden party at some sort of event like that. Like, I would just like to see them interacting with other guests and being themselves. I, oh God, the biggest mystery in my life will always be, like, what is Farrah like in real life? What is Farrah like in real life? And I ask myself this question about so many couples. Like, rich, poor, smart, not so smart, just black, white any group like what do they talk about when they're together like what do you think simon and farrah talk about when they're just like shooting the shit and like talked about well i think they would always be stoned and i think they laughed a lot together like i think they made each other laugh and i think they like genuinely probably talked about real estate Like, imagine being in, like, a car, like, hotboxing with Farrah, like, talking about flipping properties. I can't. I can't. I can't. I imagine can't. what... Because <laughs> I can't this imagine is why, what she's like, like. I want a transcript of the conversation. Like, I want to know what the words said are when it's just the two of them. Do you miss Farrah on the show? Uh, you know that Farrah is the queen of my universe. And I will say that um, Farrah was shrill on the show and very annoying. Like, watching Farrah scenes is very draining because Farrah mm-hmm. is a terrible person. And her family but, like, 
nothing that Bristol and Cheyenne are giving me is like more refreshing than watching like Sarah scream at people and Deb's OG like get roasted by Sophia. Like, I don't. Shut up, Grandma. I feel like Sarah. Uh, who do you want to watch you, Sophia? Well, she's kind of annoying, but Grandma. That's literally a quote. Like, she's kind of annoying, but Grandma. I I feel... It's like, when it comes to Farrah, I don't miss her, but I also don't not miss her. Like, I feel very indifferent towards her not being on the show. Like, if she was still on the show, I'd be like, okay, Farrah's on the show. Like, if Farrah's back on the show, I'd be like, okay, Farrah's back cool okay but i'm never like actively missing her when i'm watching that's kind of like where i am with it because there's nothing to miss with Sarah. like Sarah's a bad person and she has a bad relationship with her bad parents <laughs> and her child is a pretty little girl that's not going to be okay Correct. because no one in her life is like not a lunatic oh god so Liz, she's gone i like, mean Farrah is literally, and no one can convince me otherwise, Farrah is taking Sophia on her escorting trips. Like, that's crazy. She is, and she's also, like, putting her on, uh, we've talked about Sophia's unfettered internet access. Yes. And we've talked about the fact that none of Sophia's accounts are real, and they're all Farrah sock puppets. We're not doing that today. Everybody knows those things, they're facts. Sarah dresses Sophia inappropriately, puts her in a bunch of makeup, like, zhuzhes her up. I, so, fun fact about Tomlin, I, like, read a lot of books, and, like, fiction and nonfiction are, like, an even mix for me, but I like to read things about child abuse. I don't know why. I feel like I Same, do, actually. I like things. I like things that are sad. I love being depressed and reading about terrible things that yeah, happen. Yeah, a good memoir about someone who's abused as a child, of course. Yeah, right, like, somebody harrowing tale, yeah. who turned out okay enough to be able to write full sentences. My, my favorite Read book that. of all time is The Glass Castle, for that exact reason. I read the, A Child Called It in, like, fifth grade, and was Same. like, yep, this is, this is what I'm into. Kathy Glass that, novels, give I, them to me. I think A Child Called It, like, definitely sparked my love of, like, a dark-ass memoir. I always, you know, I read that in, like, a series of unfortunate events, like, the first book in the same year, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, and I used to read a lot of Edgar Allan Poe in elementary school. Those You're were, like, so the weird. first, like, short stories my mom gave me. Yeah, I'm a weird kid. <laughs> I hang out at cemeteries sometime. Ask me about it on the internet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you even talking about? Sophia and just, like, her dark... I mean, the memoir yeah, she's going like, to write about going on her mom's hooking trips is like, ugh, I can't wait. Dude, you have to stay alive, Tomlin. The I see on Sophia's Instagram, like, gives me flashbacks to chapters in, like, very dark books and memoirs I've read about, yes. like, very fucked up stuff. And I can... Uh, Here's the deal. I just... We have for to the s- life of me, I want to believe that Farrah puts the worst of it on for us to see. And that mm, at home, everything is more normal. But I know that's not real. <laughs> also, Liz, you never talked about Ferris Thanksgiving video. And we we just have to touch on it. I know it's almost Christmas. I don't know. Did I watch Ferris Thanksgiving video? Oh, her cooking? I think I didn't watch it. You can. Will you explain it to me? Liz, 
oh my god literally it was the worst thing in the world ferret that um store-bought thanksgiving food from whole foods and then basically ruined it like she got like (laughs) she got like a pepper crusted piece of ham and just like poured honey on it in a sheet pan on a sheet pan in the oven Classic. Like next to the turkey while she like heated it up and then she took some like gravy that she didn't even heat and heat and poured it on top of the turkey. Like she didn't slice the turkey <laughs> and pour it on the slices. She poured it on top of the entire bird. <laughs> if it's still available online, it's not that long. I think it was on YouTube. It's really it's only like five minutes, but I watched it like four times over Thanksgiving break because I was just like, wait. Wait. <laughs> oh, Sarah. Like, and you know how expensive Whole Foods is? Like, Sarah yeah. had, like, easily, like, more than $100 worth of food that she just destroyed. But oh, my God. It's By like way, one of those channels where they blend iPhones. I don't think Sarah, like, has a home at this point. Oh, the toy drive thing. Did you talk about that last week? Um, No, but beyond... So, okay, so... This week, Farah posted, like, on her Instagram and Sophia's, um, that they were donating, like, toys to charity for a toy drive and showed, like, a U-Haul truck. But this is on my Instagram. But the U-Haul truck is filled with, like, neatly packed boxes. Like, there is no way that this is, like, toys that they're donating to a toy drive. Like, like, it just packed up in a way that's very obviously, like, somebody said it's probably like, the leftover stuff from her stores, because she shut down all the stores. And... All of those, like, COVID, the popping boba plushies. Yeah, she said that she was a master of manufacturing, like, those. Yeah, they were just, like, all... Like, somebody professionally packed up everything in the stores and put them in the U-Hauls, and she's like, we're donating to the toy drive! And, like, you donate toys, like, in a big Walmart bag, unwrapped. <laughs> like, the, it just didn't make any sense, but then I got to thinking, like, does Farrah have a home? Because I don't think she has her own place in L.A. They're traveling all the time. Like, I bet they just bounce between hotels and Michael's. I read on Reddit that Michael said recently that his home is only a 1,000 square feet. That's tight. <laughs> That's tight for Farrah, Sophia. How many dogs does she have at this point? Is it just the one that she posted in the grocery cart because she's a disgusting human being? <laughs> So I think that, by the way, that one has an Instagram and she's like, and it, like the bio is like emotionally, uh, emotional support, certified emotional support animal. It's like, that's not a brag. Like literally every dog now is that like, congrats. Every dog now is that. And for what? For who? Like, yeah. and she, um, but she, I think she has like six of them living at Michael's and this one is the one that she brings everywhere. Plus like, uh, where's Starburst? <laughs> Wait, did they, like, put Starburst in, like, a stable or a ranch or something? I feel like Starburst is, like, God, I somewhere hope so. pony appropriate. I hope so. Okay, let's move on from Farrah. I don't want to talk about Macy's scenes this week. I... Jade is Wait. really cute. Jade is really okay. cute, and I'm yeah. actually very impressed say, with like... her talking. Her speaking skills are very impressive when they were explaining the surgery and what was going to happen to her. I was very impressed with not only her talking, but her comprehension. Yeah. I get juice. And she was like, okay, I go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
And like, like, even when she was coming back, she was holding it together well for somebody who just got surgery. She just like threw up on herself. It was so sad. <laughs> it was so pathetic. But yeah. even then, she wasn't crying. She was just kind of out of it. And I feel like Macy and Taylor felt a lot worse than she oh. did because she was clearly oh. still super out of it from the pain meds. Definitely. Um, and then, but like, also, I thought when she called her friend Keely for advice on like, her getting Jake getting her t- she's like my friend Keely has experience with this what they left out is that Keely's son has like major brain issues and like has had yeah doesn't she have a daughter who has hydrocephaly a daughter yeah look at you knowing what she has <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those terrible things because oh. like when I was a kid it was it used to like be okay to joke and like say somebody with a big head who had like a water head but like that's that's what hydrocephaly is to have water on your brain and it causes you to have a big skull so it, it's just one of those things in my head that i know is a common thing but yeah but like, she... i kind of felt that whole way because like the elephant in the room with the teen mom franchise is that like one of the girls who just happened to be some like bitch who got pregnant in high school or happened to have a child who's profoundly disabled and like is impacted by a disability like in a very serious way for the whole time when like Macy was like oh it's just so scary like she's so young for the anesthesia I'm like don't you remember how this was a whole plot point on the show but it was something that the kid wasn't going to get better from yeah and like your kid's having your tonsils out like I completely understand where Macy's coming yes. from because as a grown person anesthesia is fucking scary like yeah. anesthesiologists make a lot of money because it's a very delicate thing you can't just put people to sleep where they can't feel pain like yeah like it's nothing but it, it was just kind of like I know that we're supposed to separate the stories and they're different people but it's just kind of like is this tone deaf it feels a little tone deaf yeah and to call Keely and Keely was like oh she's getting her tonsils out <laughs> <laughs> like yeah do you like when people have hydrocephaly i don't know if any listeners know this or if it's common knowledge but if you watch like miracle in lane 2 on disney channel as a kid with frankie muniz like oh they have to put shunts and stuff in your brain to like drain the yeah, water off of multiple your brain, brain so they surgeries. do like multiple like a brain surgery might not even be something crazy like kids with hydrocephaly have to have emergency brain surgery sometimes yeah and so like maybe trying to plan a tonsillectomy within a month is kind of like jade is very little jade is very little and i understand but it's also kind of just like you know maybe call like mimi jen like mimi jen would be torn up over that yeah i also think it was shitty that like the way that they presented on tv they weren't she was like, I'm calling my friend Keely because she has experience with it. And not like, I'm calling my friend Keely because Keely's daughter has a lot of health issues and has had multiple surgeries. Because Keely's like, what? She has to get surgery? And Macy's like, for tonsils. And Keely was like, oh. they Yeah, that's like a lot of kids do that. <laughs> like, uh, it was just weird. But little Jade is so cute. And when they were like, Jade's so smart. She speaks so well. I was like, mm-hmm, Sure. And then we heard her speaking. I was like, oh, she really does. I just, <laughs> I really live for her. Oh, just another thing. And note while I was watching, like, 
we were talking about favorite kids, and Shanice was, like, saying that Nobly had to be a favorite. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, she has her fans. But I was like, Bentley is definitely a favorite. And she was like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, of course. Like, Bentley has to be up there. Yeah. But she had never seen Jade before, seen her in action anyway. And then just like, as soon as Dave they're speaking, like, oh, wait. <laughs> wait, it's a little redhead Bentley. I know. When they were, like, going and. I thought Macy did a good job of explaining, like, what would happen at the doctor, um, like, in a way that a three-year-old would get that she was going to the doctor, and I get juice, and I nap, okay, and popsicle, it was just so cute. It was so, so sweet, and there was, like, that moment where Bentley kind of said something, and Macy was like, don't fuck it up, and he was like, (laughs) and you just saw Bentley didn't know what to say, yeah, and didn't want to say anything else. It was it was a real, like, family moment. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, I'll be honest, I wrote down, like, where's Ryan? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, are we just pretending that Macy isn't about to pop with this, like, rehab baby? Like, what's, what's cracking? Yeah. Ugh. All right, so, Kate... Wait, has she had the baby on the show yet? Yeah, she had her last week. She had him last week. Oh, wait. How... Wait, Really? Yeah. I feel like I would have cared about that more, but it just it was not on my radar, apparently. <laughs> well, because we, like, didn't Yay, Jagger. Is that the baby's name for real, yeah, Jagger? It is. Jagger Ryan. Yikes. Ooh, Jagger Ryan Edwards? Yeah. Jagger. Man, that does not flow at all. Yeah. It's not... It's Jagger not Ryan great. sounds like one name. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I see, yeah. But it's Jagger Ryan... Yeah, because, honestly, because it's, like, kind of, like, when I hear, okay, this is, like, a crazy train of thought, but when I hear Jagger, I think of, like, Jägermeister, and, like, Jägermeister is a long word, and, like, Jagger Ryan, like, would be a long, (laughs) weird, made-up word that sounds like that. Jägermeister, Jagger Ryan. You see what I'm saying? Jagger Ryan is, like, the off-brand Jägermeister. exactly. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know how you can get, like, Admiral Nelson exactly. with Captain Morgan? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Ugh, Jägermeister. Just, like, got chills thinking about that. Okay, so, Caitlin. Kate and Tyler are in a tough place. <sighs> Tyler's Caitlin such a and Tyler are, like, rough to watch. Like, they remind me of watching, like, a sad episode of This Is Us. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Kate's like, I got a really good pregnancy checkup, but Tyler's not very into this pregnancy, so I'm not very happy about it. I'm like, oh, God. Jesus. And, like, she passed her fucking gestational diabetes test, which Tyler gave her such a hard time for last time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's nothing just, she does, man. No. I, okay. I really sympathize with Kate here because she, I think, like, Tyler is so refusing to say what he really wants, which I is probably a divorce. And he, like, seems shocked that she's, like, confused by the separation. And she's like, do I need to be preparing for a divorce or not? And he's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, like, if I wanted a divorce, I would just, like, tell you now and, like, yeah, break my heart, right? And, like, that's uh, not, like, when... 
when Tyler and Kate were having that conversation, the thing that I was struck by as like the ending music started to play is that the conversation didn't finish. <laughs> like they both were like, Oh yeah, you know, pull the band aid off, like I wanna know what I'm getting into and Tyler was like, Yeah, you know, I totally feel the same way but like when he said break my heart, I'm like, it's your decision. Some Somebody else needed to speak and say something final. That wasn't a finished conversation, and I feel like that's their whole relationship. Yeah. Like, they have a hard conversation that never really ends and doesn't have a resolution. Damn, that's true. It's just so weird because, like, Tyler is the one holding all of the cards here, right? Like, he asked for the separation. He's the one that's going to move out. Like, Kate, obviously, well, I mean, I personally don't think she actually wants to be with him, but she thinks she wants to be with him. She's the one that's pregnant. And so for Tyler to be like, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Like, if that's what I wanted, it's like, break my heart already. And it's like, no, Tyler, like, Kate has nothing to do with breaking your heart. (laughs) This isn't, it's on you. Like, you are the one that tells her if you want to have a divorce or not. Like, it was just like he totally detached himself from the reality of the situation. I don't know. I, like, guess I viewed the scene in a completely different way because, like, when I heard Tyler say that, it was him agreeing with Kate and kind of being, like, I took it as him saying, like, Oh, yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from, but he didn't take the step to not say, like, oh, like, I'm not going to do that, but he also didn't say I'm doing it. Like, I kind of took it as a hesitation of him saying, like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from, but I, and just never finishing that sentence. Kind of like he was saying, like, yeah, and then you would say, like, oh, just break my heart already. Like basically speaking yeah. for her like, in that way. It, it, yeah. Just I get like it. he was like completing her sentences yes. when they were doing that weird charade about meeting Bristol. Like Yes. Yeah. Okay, he completely that's... gets with they completely understand each they other, do. but they can't come to an understanding. Yeah. I I thought it was like I okay. Without any context, I would have appreciated Kim saying to Caitlin, like Caitlin needs to figure out who she is. And yeah, but fuck that shit. But fuck that shit from Kim, who said at their wedding, Kate showed up and then never left. And Kim's criticism has always been that Kate's too dependent on Tyler and that Kate needs a life outside of Tyler and is always criticizing her for that since they were kids. So, like, go fuck yourself, Kim. Address that to Tyler. Or say, Kim, I couldn't get over the fact, like, when I looked up in that scene, I thought that it was just another, like, Kim and Tyler shit talking Caitlyn scene. <laughs> So I was just like, okay, Kim. And then I saw that she was talking directly to Caitlin. And I was like, oh, now you have this, like, sweet-ass Mother Teresa come to Jesus about who the fuck Kate really is when you've been over here, like, just listening to Tyler, like, oh, you think that she's disgusting? Oh, Ty. Like, it's all so disingenuous and you know what Kim a lot of other people act like this wasn't the case but at the end of the motherfucking day you still have not one but two motherfucking kids with Darlene Baltiera so don't act like your milk has always been clean don't act like you I know that Butch said Butch said in that book that the Ashley published 
that Kim fixed her life and found Jesus after Ashley was born, and then Tyler was conceived through a stroke of luck. And I understand and believe all of that shit about her. She seems to have built a stable life for herself. But you were one motherfucking person person to talk, Kim. Yeah. One person to talk. That's how I feel. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I think Kate. I just can't imagine like sitting there. And having, like, a woman that I know has, like, never totally liked me being in her son's life saying that shit to me. Yeah, and, I mean, people who aren't rooting for you can still give you good advice, but how how are you supposed to receive it? Like, honestly. That's very well said, Tomlin. I can completely, completely agree with that. Yeah, how are you supposed to receive it? It doesn't... It just... I don't know. I've... I just feel so bad for Kate and but Kate's also frustrating as hell because like I don't know what she's actively doing to get better but I I do think that this season especially the past couple episodes like Kate has had seemed a lot lighter like emotionally and spiritually like she doesn't seem to be walking around with as much heaviness which is crazy because her husband's leaving her do you know what's interesting i was thinking during this episode while i was looking at kate while they were looking maybe it was the scene after they were looking at the appliances and Mm -hmm. she was saying that they could just move in any minute Mm -hmm. she just really looked so much younger like i could Mm. see 16 and pregnant baby face kate in her face Mm, interesting yeah she looks less encumbered and maybe she's just like kind of checking out of the marriage situation more and more and I don't know, maybe it's good for her. Maybe the numbness towards that whole situation will be like what finally frees her from it. I think it is. She seems lighter with Nova. She seems like more involved with Nova. I think, I don't know. I wish Kate could like say out loud that she doesn't want to be with Tyler as much as he doesn't want to be with her because I'm convinced that's the case. Even if she did, though, the internet would still, like, convince her that, like, she's just saying that to, like, win the divorce or whatever. Yeah, probably. Caitlyn just doesn't need to be on TV. Caitlyn's life was hard enough without piling MTV on top of it. That's so fucking true. That's so true. Um, And I also thought that I understood completely why Kate was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like, I want to specifically talk about this in therapy. Because it's this, and Tyler's like, do you think that's a safe space? And she's like, yeah, I do. Because, like, if I get triggered, they, like, know where it's coming from. And when she said, like, I don't want to be judged, like, she was talking about, like, the T, like, us. Like, she doesn't, and I was like, good for Kate for, like, recognizing that the place to, like, have these deep conversations is in therapy. Yeah, and when she said, you know, that's why I'm going to therapy during the conversation she was having with Kim and Tyler. Yeah. I, Number one, like, thank you for the shutdown, Kate, <laughs> of being like, okay, bitch, like, you are not the person who's going to give me this life-changing advice, so Dr. Phil, your own son. I wish that Kate would say that to Kim one of these days, but that has to, that... That's post-divorce. You know, no one, Actually, no she one never should, will. No, it, it shouldn't be post-divorce because people who are mature don't do things like that. Don't take advice from me because I still think that, like, punching people is the answer. <laughs> the moral of that story but I wish I could say it for Kate <laughs> like I wish I was somebody relevant enough in their life and not just a random fan who would seem crazy yeah that's true I just wish I don't know I just got what Kate, what Kate was saying I also like that Kate was like are we going to be separating every few years like what 
what's your goal here, Tyler? Like, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, Tyler that. was just like, bro, like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. how, how do you mean? And it was just like, it wasn't an essay question, Tyler. Like, <sighs> are they you going to stay or are you going to go? Band-aid. They really, they just need, the Band-Aid needs to come off. Like, they, and they're, you know they're going to do this for another, like, eight years. Yeah, and I, you know, I feel like a TV or not, like, they were one of those couples where they were going to break up right after the Carly thing or this was going to be dragged out like this. That's really what I believe. I believe it's more than likely if MTV wasn't around and they didn't have to, like, stay together and be the couple that made it, mm-hmm. it would be a lot less likely. But they have a little bit of that Ashley and Barr in them where they're just not finished going on that merry-go-round. And I think that even without Carly, that, like, Butch and April trauma bonding went yes. very, very deep. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. I just think they're... I don't know. They're so, it's so draining emotionally watching their scenes because they're both so unhappy. It's like your soul is being sucked out while you're watching them because you're just like, these people are awful together. And like, I don't see any brightness for them in the near future at all. Uh, It sucked when they were in that like appliance store and Tyler was like on his phone with his stupid hat on and Kate just kind of walked away. I could feel, like, the tension of, like, neither of them really want to be around each other like no, that. I like, they, I could I feel Kate being talk. bummed out by being, like, near Tyler and Tyler being annoyed that Kate, like, continues to draw breath on this earth. Like, I bet they rarely talk when the cameras aren't there. Like, very rarely. I would bet that they are on their phones a lot. They watch a lot of TV. They talk about Nova, and that's it. I can see them making, like, small talk about stuff. Like, seeing memes and being like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Or, like, oh, I saw this shit on, like, Snapchat. But, like, that, that's, it's probably, like, very, like, surface level. Like, when you have a roommate yes. that you're not really friends with, yeah. but you guys are, like, cool. They're roommates. So you make conversation just because you're in the same room for politeness sake. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I just, like, I know that it's not coming to an end anytime soon. And that's what I think makes the whole thing so upsetting. And so draining because they're just going to, like, keep on trucking in their miserableness for a long time. Yeah, and maybe Novali and Tesley. Oh, poor Novali and Tesley. Tesley, just another moment of silence. (laughs) Because that is going to be somebody's real name. I know Leslie spelled that same way, but with an L. But I feel like Leslie <laughs> really? is still a name. Stuff. Leslie's still a name, and you can just spell it however you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, Leslie, I know, is, like, actually, like, doing well in her career and stuff, and is, like, almost 30, so <laughs> they aren't the first to get that creative, but it's just kind of like, you know, if you say your name is Leslie, that gets you in the door a lot of places. Yeah. Oh, poor Tezzy. Okay, let's go into Young and Pregnant. Like I said, we only watched the first episode. Not a ton happened. Um... So I just okay, can to... I just say that I was completely mind-fucked because I thought that I watched the wrong episode? Because as I was watching, I was like, isn't this what Liz and Princess talked about last week? Like, this is exactly what they were saying about Ashley and Pastor T. Yeah, because it just, like, I think it just, I mean, I, the way that you described the episode to me, I was like, no, I think that's the right episode, so we'll see. <laughs> you did watch the right one. Okay. Um, you lead the conversation. 
I just realized I should have probably asked you specifically about Kayla's scene and if Luke was there. Oh, yes. Luke okay. was in the scenes that I watched. Okay, good. Then we're on the right page. Because <laughs> I, I just realized, yeah, Robert and Vanessa broke up, or Robert and Brianna broke up, or, like, had their separation last week. Uh, and they did it again this week. And Ashley and Pastor T. <laughs> okay. So, Jade, almost nothing happened except that Sean went to, like, his IOP, and it's only $100, and then he pays 17 a session. So, I'm guessing he's on Medicaid. And, like, that's his copay. Good shit. And that's, like, all I have to say about that, because we still don't know what Jerky did, so I still can't give an accurate, like, assessment of the situation. Nothing about Sean gives me, like, dignity or integrity. So I just, I don't know where I see that going. Yeah, I, I mean, they're together. They break up, but they're together right now. So I don't know. I don't know. Jade also, like, looking at, this is really rude. <sighs> looking at Jade makes me feel depressed. Jade's eyes make me very sad. Like, she has those big, like, cartoon puppy eyes. Yeah. And there always seems to be, like, such, like, sadness yeah. behind them. Yeah, she always looks like Like, when she's... you said, like, of course Jade has anxiety because her life sucks, like... <laughs> That's how I feel when I look at her, and I feel bad, because just, like, her life sucks, like, from Jump Street, like. Okay, I don't wear makeup, I don't really do, like, my hair dries straight, so I don't, like, style it, I don't have to style it, um, and I, like, wear pretty casual clothes a lot of the time, so, like, this isn't coming from a place of, like, how I think she needs to present herself, but you know Jade is a person that likes to have a full face, her long nails done, like, she likes to have a cute outfit on and on the show she's always like no makeup and a shit outfit just like looking sad <laughs> like like you can just tell that's not her natural and like her well it is her natural but it's not like the desired way that she wants to look and there's something depressing about that this is what people who always complain about the teen moms making money really want to see if somebody is slumming it <laughs> through their teen mom life and being unhappy but people still don't want to watch young and pregnant i don't get it but yeah jade's just like a sad bird and sean is a nightmare and she's gonna be like once she finally ditches sean and like gets some hopefully gets some money and like looks back she's gonna be like yikes at me letting sean just like bum in my life for so many years right She's paying all the of his bills. The common denominator of this show is that they are all tied to these guys for life. Like, it's not just a show about girls with bad boyfriends. Yeah, and it's. I feel like that's so strikingly true in Young and Pregnant. Yeah, because, like, I don't know where they found this crop of moms and dads, but Kyler is not a nice person, and he is, like, far and away the best dad. I'm, I know. It's crazy. Um... So that's really all there is to say about Jade. Brianna also had a very uneventful uh, episode in that, like, her sister came to visit, and she, she's like, I hate Robert. and want to break up with him. She's like, well, you know, I and I also loved when Brianna broke up with Robert, and then she was, like, mad at Robert for, like, being upset that she was dumping him. She's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and I like the part where she was like, it's not that I don't love you anymore. It's just that my feelings have changed. 
And there's nothing that I can do, like, once they've changed. There's not, like, although I will say, I feel like nothing is ever summed up, like, when you want to break up with someone better than when she said to her sister, like, I mean, I'm just, like, I talk to him, and then I don't talk to him, and I'm just, like, less stressed when I don't talk to him. It was, like, <laughs> that's relatable. <laughs> that is, like, I'm seriously over it. Also, like, on what planet could Brie have a long-distance relationship with Robert? Like, he doesn't speak. Like, what are they going to talk about on the phone? Hi. Okay, this goes back to my question from earlier. Like, what did these people talk oh, about? Brie and Robert talked about nothing. They smoked pot and had sex. That's it. I I'm a person that talks a lot, so I can't imagine being responsible for filling all of that, like, dead air. I mean, same, but I think that neither of them talk a lot. I mean, I guess that's... That's a situation that I had never even considered. Like, there are relationships where people are just quiet. Wow. Can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't know what that's like. So, that's all that. Brie, and I think I said this with Princess last week, like, Brie without Danae is not very compelling. I agree. There just wasn't a lot going on like yeah she hates Robert <laughs> but like Robert is so sad that it's hard for us to hate Robert mm-hmm. and there wasn't some didn't... drama really like she was just yeah like... he didn't lay out on screen <laughs> so it was just kind of like no cops oh, came. Hard much. yeah yeah and I think I bet like Bree and Robert had a lot of like late night like he promises to do stuff she like nags him to do it and then like so the fights we saw on camera were so not even fights but like you could tell they just like were really mad at each other but that's not interesting to watch as a viewer and I just think like I mean there was like no drama like Robert moved with her to Oregon Robert wasn't pulling his weight Brianna wasn't happy Robert left Robert and Brianna broke up like that's all that happened Danae like kicked in Jessica's door spit on them threatened to burn down the house the cops had to come run ran away his mom got you know what I mean like there was just also like Danae has a good family that films and they film well like Danae's mom was really entertaining like Danae is just charismatic and electric on on screen so to go from Danae to Robert makes you realize like kind of how dull Brianna is (laughs) without her like playing off of Danae and Danae like bringing so much to their scenes yeah Brianna was I, Brianna was never the compelling parts of her scenes for me. Yeah. But you didn't, I didn't realize, for me, I guess I just didn't realize it as much. Because, like, Jessica was shining, Danae was shining, and so, like, Brie, although she wasn't, like, Maybe bringing it. me, but Jessica never really shone for me. <sighs> I really liked her last season, and this season I'm just like, okay, Jessica, you're irresponsible, too. <laughs> Something about her was always, like, I appreciated that she tried to be a good communicator, but, like, some of the communication felt, like, too little too late to me, and it was kind of like, we're having these conversations that sound really good, like, in the aftermath of all of this Hmm. stuff, but where was this, like, the rest of the time? Yeah, in retrospect, I agree with you, but while I was watching, I know I didn't feel that way, Um, and I think also... I mean, it's Teen Mom, so, like, you're trained to, like, take what you can get. Very true, and I also think because Danae was, like, so wild, like, 
like comparatively jessica like show like she looked so much better and like would danae would like get like crazy and have these fits and then jessica would like calmly talk about the situation you're like wow she's really rational and i still think she's rational it's just not there's nothing compelling about their scenes like they're very they're just too mellow for tv i think yeah, like, it, now that Danae is not, like, losing his mind, <laughs> I really seen. Remember you would just, like, scream? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, there are so many times where things, like, involving young and pregnant come up on Reddit. <laughs> and the top comment on the post will be like, you can go! You can leave! <laughs> And it cracks me up every single time. Because, <sighs> I mean, Danae, so good for I just want Danae to pop up an organ and, like, smash a, a hole in the wall. And, like, scream and then walk out of the scene. <laughs> like, if Young and Pregnant is on for a billion years like Teen Mom, like, there is hope that he might come back. I'm wondering if the producers regret not filming him this season. This part B. Just to see, like, what's up with him, like, what's yeah, going on. check in. I, I mean, I would be interested to know. I feel like I'm not the only person to see, like, what other woman's child he's surely oh, adopted by I, now. Because absolutely. Because that's, that's what he does. It's definitely a shame that Danae is not the biological father, so it's hard for them to tie him into the story long term. Yeah, I mean, but I hope that he got his check for the season and, like, spent it wisely. You know he didn't. Uh, because he was, what, 18? Of course yeah. he didn't. <laughs> he got that $5,000 check and was like, yes. But you know what? At the end of the season, Danae didn't have a fucking baby, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, that's very, very true. So... <laughs> That's very true. Let's talk about your least favorite person to ever exist, which is Lexi. Uh, Lexi. She actually didn't bother me as much this episode, but, like, can I just say that Lexi is, like, really starting to smell herself? With, like, the scene monster, which... I just mean she was like cursing up a storm and like we're we're getting a different Lexi during this B season. Like she's really starting to step her pussy up. <laughs> she's sticking up to her mom a lot more. She seems to be sticking up to Kyler a lot more. I was surprised when Lexi's mom said like, "So you'll just tell Kyler he has to go and he'll go." And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Does she have that control?" It's nice that they think it. <laughs> I do think it's weird though how like her mom offers to watch the baby and she'll be like no it's not your responsibility to watch my child I'll take him and I'm like no one's gonna think you're like not raising your kid because you let your mom watch him for a night like no one's judging you yeah like we remember how much grandma Mary used to mind Aubrey when Chelsea was doing things but as long as you're not like a piece of shit like the fandom will forgive that like yeah and like there have been it literally it's just two instances which is like nothing it's teen mom like we see people like give their kids to babysitters and have like family that's just life like children need to be attended to all the time and parents just do other things sometimes I also think it's weird that when she says that, her mom's never like, 
hey, why do you feel that way? Like, you know it's not a burden on me, right? Like, I, I don't mind watching Tobias for a night. I'd really like to watch him, actually. Like, she's always I mean, just in like, a perfect okay. world, I could see her mom saying that, but, like, as the mother of a girl who decided to get pregnant... <laughs> Decided is a weird word, weird word, well, but I stand by it. Like, I think she may have decided. If a girl got pregnant in high school, I think she's kind of just like, mm, that's a good energy for you to keep. You know what? That's an extremely fair point. Like, she's probably just so relieved that Lexi, I mean, and like, let's be real, like, Lexi has. Like, she, actually, so far, all of the moms have, on Young and Pregnant, are like stepping up and doing a pretty decent job from what we see but i would say i've been most impressed with lexi she's still breastfeeding now she's working full time like i think lexi is doing the damn thing if you will yeah like because i don't think lexi was somebody who was ever going to do otherwise baby notwithstanding interesting Uh, yeah i think it's just like her inherent personality I don't see Lexi as being, like, a layabout. Like, she was doing cheer mm-hmm. and, like, involving herself with that cheer. Like, she wasn't just on the cheer team. Like, she was the cheer captain. Yeah. So, like, she she's a person who likes to do things. That's true. And also, like... So, even I, if she never went to school or something, I could see her being a person who, like, works at Target, but they do the fuck out of their job, like, mm-hmm. doing inventory at Target or something. Yeah, like, like she works seems at a like that kind of person. but then becomes the manager. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's fair. Um, I thought this situation with her friend was very weird because her friend is her age and had an engagement ring on and, like, lived with her boyfriend off camp. It seemed very grown up considering they were, I'm guessing, 18. It was very weird. It kind of made me go, like, oh, is Colorado one of those places where people do that? Because Lexi's mom, when Lexi was like, I'm going to see how she's living, and her mom was like, oh, and of course she's living with her boyfriend. And I was like, why is that? And of course, like, I don't know. I did not live with my boyfriend at my first, like, in college. college Yeah, no. I don't know anywhere. Like, no. Well, actually, that's a lie. I know people who lived with their boyfriends, but they lived on, like, gender neutral on campus apartments. Where, yeah. like, my parents still send the check to the university, but, like... He sleeps in my dorm. We both have day. rooms in the same apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like... It's just so weird, because I... So, they are from very small town Colorado, and I think when you and I think about Colorado... Well, I'll speak for myself. When I think about I think Colorado... Like, Denver, like... Boulder, yes, like, like all of my friends that are moving there and just, like, hiking all day and, like, smoking pot and, like, living and working for tech companies and, like living the fucking life and they're all liberal and like love the environment and like that type of shit and i forget that like colorado is very small towns and colorado used to be very conservative um and it can be very religious and i think that where she's from is more like that than like the people from the east coast that moved to denver yeah I can definitely see that, so it was just kind of like a, I mean, that kind of thing isn't, like, totally foreign to me. I have, my my father is from, uh, he was born in Kansas, and spent most of his, like, childhood adolescence and young adult life in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that kind of thing is completely foreign to me, especially in that specific region of the country, but it was just kind of like, huh. Yeah. Definitely. I just, and she also looked to be 28. 
the friend. I mean, we have Mackenzie on Teen Mom OG Liz, so you should know. <laughs> That's true, but didn't she look, like, much older? And the kid's mom moved there, and I was like, oh, they didn't just, like, move for college. Like, they moved to Denver. <laughs> I would like to know more. But you know that, like, when Lexi used to just film with ladies that looked like they were in their, like, early 40s? <laughs> and they were Lexi's friends? Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Oh, God, Lexi. Okay, let's talk, mm, let's talk Kayla. (sighs) So Kayla has transitioned into this period on Teen Mom where we've been rooting for Kayla, I would say, right? Because Stefan is so awful. She's not. Stefan is awful, but I've never rooted for Kayla. Okay, I've been rooting for Her and her black scent can both get fucked. That has always been how I felt. I think the general like audience has is starting to root for Kayla. Um, she's not crazy, you know what I mean? Like she doesn't at least that we see on camera. Like she doesn't act crazy. Like people just want her to like break up with De- uh, Stefan and like be better. So I think yeah, be better. Yeah, we've been rooting for her to just do better. I can agree with that. Yeah, and I think that like she kind of audience what like. From a teen mom audience member standpoint, Kayla has entered into a very lucky for her situation in which her new boyfriend, Luke, can make a smooth transition into them moving way too fucking fast without the audience really judging them because they're just going to be so glad that he got her away from Stefan. Yeah, and is like trying to actively defend her against Stefan being fucking crazy in a way that isn't equally fucking crazy. Yes, yes. He's not, we're not seeing him being super hot-headed, like, he's not like, come, like, he did, like, threaten when Stefan was, like, outside the house, like, flipping out. He was like, okay, I'm gonna roll up. Like, don't, no, you can't be there, but, like, we didn't see him, like, you know what I mean? We didn't see it. We didn't see him acting crazy. It didn't go Instagram live. Yes, exactly. Um, he wasn't acting like Barr, basically. Who's, like, not as much as Stefan, but still crazy. Barr and Ash. We'll get there. We'll get there. But but the reality is, is, like, Kayla's moving way too fast with this guy. She's letting some guy she doesn't know, like, hug up on her son and posting them all over Instagram, like, they're Dude. one happy family. And now they're living together. That was so weird. All of those, like, Snapchat, like, Snapchats of them were so fucking weird. I thought it was very interesting that, like, Luke took a moment to explain exactly what you and Princess were talking about last week when you were, like, no one normal, who's, like, a normal young man in his early 20s wants to be a dad. But he was like, oh, yeah, you know, my sister has four kids, so, like, the kids and all that stuff is nothing new for me. It just happens in life. I... But, like, that didn't really make me feel any better. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, so you've been around dysfunction a lot? Like, I really great. don't have any, like, I don't have any negative feelings towards Luke because, like, but I, I'm a person that worries about single mothers bringing men around their children. Uh, children of single mothers are, like, very vulnerable to being abused. And, I mean, all children are vulnerable to being abused, but the statistics show 
that unfortunately children of single mothers have a higher abuse rate and it's just so scary to me that like Kayla's known this guy for one minute and she like lets him lay in bed with her son like it's, it's scary. very very scary and it's very concerning um I want to take a moment to say that Luke has a goofy fucking face he does he looks way like, better in pictures did you notice that online I thought he was yeah great. he's he not looked... unattractive his face is fucking goofy like he something takes a about good picture. like he does he definitely knows like his angle and his pose and his way to hold his mouth because there's something in the mouth region that makes him look goofy because when he was talking and moving around I was like is he not cute like I thought he was cute <laughs> I mean where does Kayla live again? What state does she live in? Illinois, but I think in, like, country Illinois. Like, not outside of Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure he's, like, a solid eight for wherever they are. Oh, he's not ugly. I just, like, in pictures, I was like, damn, Luke's hot. And then we saw him moving around on screen, and I was like, mm, maybe he's not hot. I forget who said it, but I read somewhere somebody said that Kayla looks like Iggy Azalea in the face. She does. She does. I mean, and she talks like her, too. With that, well, <laughs> that, like, fake black scent that Iggy does when she's rapping, but then she, like, speaks with her regular Australian accent. It's so jarring. Oh. Uh, it's like when you hear Hugh Laurie speak in his British accent. Yeah. I just, like, I don't know. I, I think Kayla, though, is going to get a big pass on how fast she's moving with Luke. Just because Stefan is so fucking bad. I think so, too, and I think that, like, I don't know, the young and pregnant moms get more of a pass for shit in general, just because we don't have, like, the years of becoming, like, infuriated yeah. with them over shit. That's true, and people don't, yeah, they just don't care as much, and in early season two moms, we weren't as infuriated. Yeah, because, I mean, Janelle and Kiefer, like, come on. Yeah, exactly. And it was good, clean fun back then. <laughs> I, um, we opened up the show with David, so, like, the keeper shit truly was, like, good, clean fun. Ugh. Stefan is... I would be fine with never seeing Stefan again. He is, like, upsetting when he's on TV. Stefan looks like a demon. Like, he looks like a like Mortal Kombat, like, character or something. Ugh. I love that he texted Luke, like, he's your son now. He's so dramatic. Like, middle <sighs> school girl-level dramatic. Truly. He's like, I see you taking pictures of my son. Well, congrats. He's your son now. It's like, Stefan, that's not how it works. And Luke's like, cool. I'm the dad now. I don't know. Watch out for Luke. Please. Yeah, he's too eager. He's too... Okay, first of all. Anybody that jumps right into a drama that you have with your abusive ex, like, be wary. Be wary, and, like, I understand that there are some guys who get with chicks and feel, like, right away, like, yeah, you know, if they have kids, like, I'll be a dad to their kids, but usually those are guys in their 30s who don't have kids of their own, and they're like, oh, well, I don't really give a shit about having kids, but if somebody else has kids, then, like, yeah, why not? Yeah, like most people my age will have them anyway. Whenever it's a young guy, it gives me like, I don't know, just it raises the hair from the back of my neck, and it's kind of just like, 
I remember, do you remember when I made you listen to that episode of that podcast about that chick yes. who's in like a similar situation? Oh my God. Like, yes. That's what it gives me flashbacks to. Everyone go listen to the episode of the podcast Strangers called The Truth and then like just send me your feedback about it. Like just send it to Liz. On her EBP Instagram, and like I, I will get it, and I it's, will like discuss it with you. It's like so fucking upsetting and disturbing. But yeah, you're right. The like, podcast is called Strangers. The episode is the truth. Like I'm serious, guys. Like yeah. listen to it and give me your feedback. It, yeah, I agree. Listen to it. But yeah, I think you're exactly right, and that's like what we all feel is like, or at least what I'll, probably most of the people who listen to feathers in my hair feel it's just like the eagerness is concerning and it's just like multiple levels like me at 30 if I met a guy and he had like a fucking crazy ex and I had to like I mean it's a little different because the genders you know matter in this situation but like I would say still but if if his ex-girlfriend was like blowing him up and like coming by the house and like stalking him and like harassing me I'd be like I don't think this is going to work out. I'm, like, too old for this. You know what I mean? Like, this is too much drama. I can't really deal with this. And I'm not saying, like, if you're an abuse victim, like, you don't deserve to have a new boyfriend. Like, I don't feel that way at all. But, like, Luke was, like, ready, willing, and able to, like, jump into, like, the thick of Stefan and Kayla. Like the There is a it. level of appropriate engagement in that type of situation, as there is in, like, any situation in relationships where exes and stuff like that is involved. There is a level of appropriate engagement. And, like, Luke did not, like, severely overstep it in a way that was just, like, yay hates, like, David Easton-style yeah. shit with Nathan Griffith. But, like, it was still, like, the whole, like, oh, well, I'm about to pull up is it's still not appropriate. Yeah, like, although it's I will say, like, just because I've been it's been so hard to watch Stefan and like the way that he acts. Like I will say like a part of me is, especially because you know, like Kayla doesn't have a, like a dad that lives there and a dad that like can step in and be like, get the fuck off my property. Like I will say like, I'm guilty of being like, I'm glad like somebody, cause you know, Stefan's just a bully. You know what I mean? And you know, he doesn't step up to men and Luke is huge. They said he's like six, eight and Stefan's scrawny and little And, like, part of me did feel like, good, I'm glad there's, like, finally a man in Kayla's life that can be, like, you need to leave right the fuck now or I'm going to come beat your ass. Like, even though I know I'm sitting here talking shit about it, like, I'll be honest, like, part of me was, like, I'm glad that somebody was able to do that for Jamie and Annabelle and Devin and Kayla. Because it's just, like, these women that are, like, just, like, at Stefan's mercy at all times. I feel that to a certain extent and I understand it but like as somebody who didn't ever really have a dad around that's like why people call the police like that's true yeah there's a such thing as escalating a situation and when you're a woman in a situation where after Luke leaves you're still there alone and Mm -hmm. you've escalated the situation with a crazy person like it's playing with fire like that's that's why the police exist and if Luke said like I'm pulling up until the police get there I, I could, like, be on his side about it more, but, like, I just feel like it's creating a more dangerous situation for vulnerable women. Yeah, that's a very, very good point that I didn't think of, but you're definitely right. Um, and I did, like, my heart broke a little bit for Kayla when 
Because also remember, Kale's only 18. Um, and my heart broke a That's little bit. That's why she's so stupid. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what you really gotta remember. And plus, you know, like, her and Stefan have probably been fucking since they were, like, 15. You know what I mean? Like... Um, you don't even have enough brain cells to no. fuck when you're 15. I think I gave, gave a boy, like, a hand job when I was 15. And it was honestly too much for my heart and soul. Oh. Um, I turned out okay. <laughs> Enough. More than okay. Um, but when she said, like, the whole night was so upsetting to her. Because, like, she's like, he's not going to want to be with me now. Because this is just too much drama. And it's too much. Like, my heart did break a little bit for her. Because, like, she isn't a, you know an abused victim and like it was sad to you know that 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 was Stefan's goal like part of his goal was to, like create too much drama that like no guy would want to be around so I was like mm, that's so sad but then at the same time it's like why is he so willing it's a complicated situation is what I'm saying it's a complicated situation and it's one of those things where like a lot of people take offense to, like, the platitude, like, oh, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else? Because they're like, ah, oh, people who don't love themselves don't deserve love. But it means, like, no. It, it doesn't mean that you don't deserve love if you don't love yourself. It means that you need to love yourself to decide what kind of love you're worthy of. And that if you don't love yourself, you'll let people treat you any old type of way in, like, the pursuit of love. And it's kind of that same thing that's happening with Kayla. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like those two thoughts come together well, but I'm having trouble describing exactly how. No, I think... But it's the same I type of thing. Agree with, I completely agree with you. First of all, I hate that that you have to love yourself to love someone else. Is That that phrase is now seen as, like, ableist and upsetting to people. I don't agree with that at all. I think that it's a fine statement. And if you think for a second about what it means... It's not saying, like, that people with mental illness don't deserve love. It's just, I think you're exactly right that, like, if you don't love yourself, you're more susceptible and vulnerable to abuse and putting up with bullshit. And that's why it's important to, like, yeah, I I can't get any deeper into it, but I think you're exactly right. Um, I think it's a shame that that phrase is, like, now bad, but I, I think it's pretty obvious what it means. And I think that that's exactly where Kayla is, is that let's hope that this guy that she's now fallen in love with is actually a good guy and that she didn't just go for round two. Yeah, that's really all we can hope. And, you know, just sometimes guys are randomly just good in bullshit situations. We have Cole. I was literally just about to, to say... Like Chelsea like, walked let's into Let's remember Cole. that it was like Chelsea's friend's friend who was like arrested for like the child abuse shit. Not mm. not one of Cole's friends. Yeah, like Cole is still squeaky clean over here. So she left. It, into and him. I mean, Christina. Christina's a normal person and not like some like MTV money grubbing harpy. She still shops at Kmart and shit. So yeah, I think those are. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And let's hope that this is a a coal and not a mat yeah there we go and I don't I don't know I really wish that like the twitter hatters and the internet sleuths dedicated themselves to young and pregnant like they do to teen mom and other reality shows same they should really because we would know like Luke's like social security number like <laughs> mother's <laughs> eye color and address by now if he was on teen mom OG uh, I want, I'm surprised that they didn't have a Jamie scene telling us how she felt about uh, Luke I guess probably next I week. I thought that was... 
I thought that was pretty interesting. I feel like we have had, like, some Jamie-heavy discussions, so they were, like, trying to chill on her a little bit this Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, maybe in the next episode that I didn't watch. (laughs) I'm trying to think, because I I kind of watched that next episode, but it was, like, you know when there's, like, work that's not due, so you kind of, like, half-ass try Mm -hmm. to do it to feel good about yourself? I'm going to get ahead of the game, and then you're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You do three sentences and you're like, that's good. This is more than anybody else did. Absolutely. Okay. Last but not least, Ashley, who I just still feel so Ashley's really tough for me because like I said last week, it's very hard for me to put together Ashley on Instagram live with Ashley on Team Mom Young and Pregnant. It is, I don't know, Ashley, I felt like when I was watching Bristol and sometimes when I watch Ashley, I feel the same thing. So, like, is there somebody with, like, cue cards on the other side of the camera? I feel like they're reading scripts. Yeah, I think she's, like, really good at um, understanding what she's supposed to say. See, I don't know, um... I feel like in the job role that I've recently taken, I've really learned the difference between self-awareness and accountability. Mm-hmm. And Ashley is somebody who seems to have a large amount of self-awareness but no accountability. I completely agree. That with, I completely agree with that, and I think that um, is exactly like Pastor T's point. Even mm-hmm. though yep. I'm not sure how much accountability Pastor T has either. But I think that that's exactly what she's trying to express, especially about Barr. Also, I want to say, like, Pastor T is funny. Like, it's so rare that we get a genuinely funny person on Teen Mom. And, like, when she was talking about how the frappe she had, like, made her gassy, like, I actually laughed. (laughs) Everybody and Ashley, just like you and Princess were saying, they have, like, a good idea of how to be on TV like everyone is a star in Ashley's segment yeah for sure I and I also liked when like Ashley came over without the baby and T was like where's Holly she's like I'm a little mad that she's not here like I expect her to be here what are you doing (laughs) you know Ashley was like you'll see her like they they're really like mother and daughter yeah um, and, like, Ashley goes over there to see her mother and not just to, like, bring the baby around her and be like, oh, like, this is the thing we're doing. But, like, she went to talk to her mother yeah. and see what, like, mom was talking about. I will say, though, that I was kind of like, hmm, at Pastor T's advice regarding the restraining order because she didn't say it specifically, but she was telling Ashley to get the restraining order and then keep it, and just in case something happened, she'd be able to call the police on bar. Like, she was like, you know, I'm like, I would just want to get it because I'm like, in case things crack out, like, I'm protected. And it's like, I think, I'm pretty sure what she was saying is like, go get the restraining order and then you guys can ignore the restraining order until you don't want to ignore it anymore. I think she was just trying to be as, like, realistic as possible about what Ashley was going to do. And <laughs> also keep it safe. Like, look, when I was 16 years old, my mom, like, gave me a bunch of my legal documents and told me it was my life now. And that if I could fuck it up, I if I wanted to fuck it up, I could. Like, if I wanted to. 
And we were talking about a lot of stuff like that. And she was like, look, I'm not going to raise my blood pressure telling you not to do things that I know you're going to do. So if you do certain stuff, just be smart about it. Like, if you want to get a car and drive crazy, you can crash it and be in a casket. Like, that's not going to be me that's six feet under the ground. Just make choices. And I feel like Pastor T was getting at the same thing. Like, I know you're going to run around with this little boy. So just get the restraining order so if push comes to shove, that's a good point. There's something you can do about it. That's definitely true. I also like that tea. Something I like about tea and I find relatable is because it's something I do. Is when you like you want to forgive someone and listen to what they have to say, but you're also so skeptical of what they have to say. So you're like, okay, I hear you, but I don't really agree or respect what you're saying. I mean. Pretty much, I feel like, isn't that, like, what being a parent is? Yeah, but I <laughs> like, like that she the age she's like, says, 10 on with your yeah. kids. Like, I hear you, and I see why you might feel that way, but you're wrong. She even said, she goes, I'm struggling to respect your decision, but you know I support you. And I, like, I just appreciated that she didn't, like, sugarcoat it. She was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not into this. He is good for that. Just like when Ashley, like, initially moved out with Barr. Yes, yes. And she was like, you can always come back here, but you have to go. Is it? Just like, I know that she said, like, you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so, basically. I think she literally said that. (laughs) But, like, just from sugar to shit so quick, like. Mm Mm-hmm. It can't feel good to, like, have that kind of I told you so, you know? Like, sometimes shit happens to you and you're like, fucking told you so, asshole. Yeah. Can we discuss the state? Like, Like, I wanted to be wrong. Can we discuss the state of Bar and Ashley's apartment that she's moving out of? It's just, when she was talking about packing everything up, it was just, like, it looks like this is an episode of Hoarders. Where are all the guys wearing, like, the full body suits? When they would, sh- when she would show it on Instagram Live, so Bar like destroyed the apartment at one point, and she like showed it on Instagram Live, and it was like dirty, like it wasn't just like stuff had been messed around, you know, like or messy, but like it looked filthy. And when she opened the oven, and there was a fire that happened, and Bar put put baking soda and water in it, because maybe there Wait, was no, like a- flour and water, not baking soda. Yeah, that would actually makes sense. And they just never cleaned it? And she's like, oh, it's coming out of my deposit. It's like, yeah. Like, you... And, like, when she's like, oh, well, I had to be out of here today. I'm like, what? Like, that place is filthy. No, it was a total what, but in Ashley's defense, she's pretty young, and I don't know if people, like, younger than me know how to, like, clean ovens and stuff. (laughs) That's true. But I was, like, eight through 21 I would have been like no it's like where the hot part is like I can't reach in there like it's just like that now (laughs) but do you know what like I just found the whole thing I was like nothing about this tells me that Ashley like I think we're supposed to be believing that like Barr is the irresponsible alcohol what MTV is painting is that Barr is the irresponsible alcoholic and Ashley is the one that has it pretty much together and like she has to figure out if she wants the irresponsible alcoholic in her life or not Nothing about that apartment told me that she was responsible. I want to know, like, what's the real deal with Ashley? Like, 
I think she, she's mentally ill. Like when I really believe that, like because like are you depressed or like what's happening? I'm not a neat person by nature, but just the older I've gotten, like it's easier not to live like in a mess. And T Pastor she has a clean house. So it's not like yeah. just like you slipping it, it's itself. not a learned behavior. Yeah, no. And I think that you can definitely nice. grow up in a neat house and still be messy. Yes, especially her, if your mom cleans up for you. As a messy person, I am a huge believer in the fact that there is a big difference between something being messy and something being dirty. Exactly. Ashley's yes. house looked dirty. Yeah, and her friend was just like, okay. And, like, I just, she also said, she says, I took care of Holly for a year, I took care of Barr for years, and now I need to take care of myself. It's like, no, you need to keep taking care of Holly, because she's your baby. Like, yeah, and, like, not only, it's not like this is one of, like, the OG cast saying this when their kids are, like, in adolescence, like, yeah. Holly is a baby. She's one. <laughs> she's one years old. <laughs> Oh, I think that's what happened in the second episode, right? They had her second yeah, birthday, or her first, her first birthday. birthday. Yeah. But, like, Holly's literally one, and Ashley's like, it's me time now. And it's like, no, no. Like, Tyler, it's time. my time? Like, what is with people in that? I don't know. It's, I just thought it was, like, such a weird thing to say, because I'm also, like, I feel like Ashley has a really inflated sense of self that comes from, like, crippling self-esteem issues, Hence those, like, braggart posts that you remember, like, the, like, here's a picture of me with braces. Like, here's a picture of me in Europe. Do you know what I wonder about Ashley? Mm -hmm. Yeah, She's from, like, the Bay Area in California, and Mm -hmm. I'm from Los Angeles. So, like, they're not entirely comparable, but just as somebody from California, there are a lot of people, especially, like, in the black community who are well off, Mm -hmm. but still grow up in communities of people where the rest of us are black and not as well off. Mm-hmm. Like middle class, lower middle class, and she would be like upper middle class. Mm-hmm. And even though it doesn't sound like something huge, there, there's a pretty big class demarcation yeah. between people, especially in California. Like areas tend to be more segregated in terms mm-hmm. of race. So I feel like when I read Ashley's post, I know exactly who they're targeted to and I know exactly what she's talking about. Because I, I grew up around other black girls like Ashley, who went to, like, my private school, and even though none of us were, like, rich, like, we could run with the kids in Rancho Palos Verdes, like, mm-hmm. a lot of kids were better off and had, like, you know, Louboutins at prom and shit, and, like, yeah. that, that was something to be said, and even though she didn't really go to school and was a stripper in Las Vegas, she's still, like, riding on the steam of that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's a very specific type of experience, and I feel like it's interesting to see on Instagram Live if you're a viewer who doesn't have that same context around it. And it's just kind of like, this bitch is bizarre. Yeah, that's because that's how I feel. It's like, it just doesn't... And I I do understand that, like, part of this is just, like, that I grew up upper middle class in a middle and upper middle class. And when I went to private school, like, very rich environment. So, like, the idea of bragging about braces is so crazy to me because it's, like, everybody I knew had braces like there was nothing brag worthy about bra- you know what I mean like I, mm-hmm. I I get that like part of that is like my perspective and just like my upbringing so I'm like 
why are you bragging about braces? <laughs> like, we all have braces, but that wasn't the case for Ashley. Not everybody could afford braces. And, but it just, all, it, it reads so weird because she's like 23. She's not 16, you know? And also, like, she has such a wide audience to do it to now. I don't know. She's just like, she just confuses me because she's not, yeah, like, you know exactly the type of girl she is, but, like, for me, I don't. Like, that's not something that I'm familiar with, so it just is confusing. <laughs> it, it's so interesting because I feel like Teen Mom has always been a show about a small town, like, white girl who gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And generally, that is a more relatable experience to the vast majority of viewers because demographics. Like, yeah. <laughs> just the way the country is set up. The white yeah. people are the majority. So I feel like this is kind of a different story, and I mean, I guess they're kind of trying to do the same thing with Cheyenne's story. Cause it doesn't work as LA, well with like, Cheyenne, but it does like for I, Ashley, I think. Oh, it, do, it doesn't work yeah. nearly as well with Cheyenne, but I think it's kind of the same thing they're trying to bring into it, like mm-hmm. a more like a metropolitan, like, <laughs> just, it girl is not what I'm trying to say, but a girl like that girl, mm-hmm. like a girl who's that girl. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. I just, like, when Ashley goes on these rants, like, I always, sometimes I get, like, a real manic energy from her. Sometimes she seems so low. Like, I watch these videos sometimes, and I'm like, is she on, like, is she manic right now? Like, it just doesn't. (sighs) I feel like Ashley's probably, like, an intelligent, like, overall pretty aware person who's also probably just like mentally ill or abusing some sort of substance yeah she's probably okay I mean not for nothing her like rapid weight loss is like all a part of these times where I'm feeling like she's manic so like is she eating 60 milligrams of Adderall day before she gets on Instagram live you know like it wouldn't be shocking to me. I, I it wouldn't be shocking to me if you told me that about like somebody ones. random I worked with. Like that's not something that would be like crazy. Like this person's kind of weird because they're on drugs. Like, wait, once I got diagnosed with bipolar, and then they figured out how much Adderall I took, and they're like, "You're not manic. Like you're hot. You're speeding." One time I watched this. It can who did my hair. Oh, I believe that. This lady who did my hair showed me, like, this really weird documentary. I was, like, 12 or something (laughs) about, like, um, just psychiatric drugs and the way they diagnose people. And this Mm -hmm. random guy just, like, went into this clinic with a doctor and was, like, kind of describing some pretty vague symptoms. And the doctor was like, well, you definitely sound like you're bipolar, so let's get you on some meds. And I don't know if I, like, to this day, I was so young that I don't know if I was watching a propaganda video. Probably. It was probably a Scientology <laughs> video. It was, it was some weird shit. Like, like, I feel like when you're around certain groups of people, you never know who's on, like, some weird anti-medicine hotep shit. Like, yeah. Truly. <laughs> like, you got their entire education from, like, message boards on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's like, like discuss this like, like radical blackness stuff. So Tomlin and I but... both love Lipstick Alley and like how you'll like be casually reading a thread and then all of a sudden it's like Jews want to kill everyone like death to Israel. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, how did we get here? 
<laughs> or like if you think anybody who is like lighter than a mahogany coffee table is attractive, you're like anti-black. Yeah, and you're probably like a just white another person, which Liz actually is. <laughs> if anybody's on LSA and something sounds like a white woman posted to this Liz, I actually don't comment. LSA is the one place that I've like always just lurked and didn't comment. I respect the space. That is really beautiful. I tried to make an account one time, but I never got, like, the email to confirm my shit, so I just gave up and, like, resigned myself to Lurkdom. Oh, I I made an account years ago because, you know, when you don't have an account, it can be hard to look at the pictures. Yeah, or, like, certain threads, like, you can't look at, and it's oh, well, just I, like, okay, yeah, I want I, to talk about Cardi B, too. I can't get to certain threads because I don't have any, like, whatever their equivalent of karma is. Like because I what I don't is it comment. called? Oh, it's called like like reps. Yeah, I don't know like what it reputation. is, but but yeah. So I know exactly what you mean by how you never know like when you're gonna get hit with that um, anti science, anti medicine stuff. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. No, I can't do it because I was gonna say something funny, but we could go all day about like <laughs> wild shit we've read on Lipstick Alley. Welcome to my black hole. Oh my god, I saw the funniest, like, tagline on someone's the account the other day, and it was, prenups are the devil, and I don't worship the devil. <laughs> or I don't play with the devil or something. I laughed so hard. Oh my, Lipstick Alley is the best and worst site on the entire yes. internet. When you go and listen to that episode of Strangers called The Truth, because you guys are still going to do that. Also, go to Lipstick Alley and just click around. Just see what people are talking about. I mean, if you're not on Lipstick Alley, like, well, I mean, honestly, a lot of people probably on this probably aren't. The reason I go on Lipstick Alley is because I've always liked black celeb, like, pop culture, because I like all celeb pop culture. And unfortunately, like, celebrity pop culture is very segregated. Like, Troy and I talk about this on the Smush Room a lot, and how, like, if you only follow white pop culture sites, like, you're missing so much good celebrity drama. Um, in Lipstick so Alley, like, much good shit because yeah, we know like, all of the music is stolen from black people who have a lot of drama behind the scenes of it. I mean, if you, my favorite like celebrity drama, especially in Lipstick Alley, is <laughs> what Lipstick Alley calls harem posts, where they like show like future and all of his baby mamas or the sister wives oh. as they like to call them yeah and like there's so much i mean it's just it's good celebrity drama like and good celebrity it's gossip good celebrity just... drama. and the beautiful thing about lipstick alley is that like they will do every tier of like mm-hmm. somebody who is like um uh so what what a public figure whatever they call it like they do like Real celebrities, and oh, then, net you know, famous, almost celebrities, famous, like, net famous. Yeah, like I remember seeing a thread on Cardi B like a few years ago when somebody commented and it's just like, "Are we just going to make a like thread about every thought on Instagram?" <laughs> and yes, they are, huh? <laughs> yes, they are. And once in a while, like they really hit a winner. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you like celebrity drama and you're like thinking to yourself like shit do i really only follow white celebrity drama the answer is probably yes and what i encourage you to do is to go onto lipstick alley and just immerse yourself in all of the celebrity drama you've been missing and like some good threads like just look at look up future or sierra and just like you know get into it or some diddy threads or some the cardi b threads are always good but she's more mainstream all of all of the charlie's angel threads 
Yes. Both also, gone for years. I just saw a good one today with um the CEO of uh, some record company that has Migos and City Girls on it. He has two girls pregnant right now. Um, like two internet famous girls, Instagram famous girls pregnant uh, right now. twins. And they were friends. Like, there's just so much good celebrity drama that, like, TMZ isn't covering. So, yeah, that's, that's the plug for Lipstick Alley. If they're listening to this, like, feel free to give Liz, like, a couple dollars and we'll, like, plug that. You can just run that clip on different podcasts. Here's Liz's white woman endorsement of Lipstick Alley. <laughs> A Jew and a black lady tell you you need to be following more than white pop culture. That's just what everybody wants, right? (laughs) And also go over and listen to my um, episode of The Smush Room on Superhead. I highly recommend that episode because Corinne Stephens is a fucking lunatic and has fucked everyone. She's a goat, man. I mean, everyone. Everyone. Oh, also a really good thread on Lipstick Alley is Little Wayne and his various baby mamas because... He's crazy and has, whew. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I don't know what else there. Oh, so Ashley and Barr. Ashley says something about wanting a three-bedroom place on her own, and I'm like, paid for by who? For what? Like, that was my question. It was like, your room and Barr will also sleep there because you guys are still fucking. He doesn't <laughs> need his own room. Holly's room uh, do you have a guest room? Are you entertaining, Ashley? What What is your life? What life does she think she's living? Also, we just saw that shithole apartment she moved out of. Like, and like they live. Okay, so here's the thing: if they were still living in Vegas, and she said three bedroom apartment, I would be like, bet, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I could, like, I say this all the time, like, if I really get sick of, like, living in Boston and I wanted to live closer to home, I would probably move to Nevada for, where for $900 a month I could rent, like, a three-bedroom house. Yeah, like in Henderson? Like, front, front yard, backyard, possibly a pool for, yeah. like, a G. Yeah. And I, I could live in a house. Yeah. And, like, maybe have one roommate and pay $500 and live in a fucking house. But, like, yeah. they live in the Bay Area yeah. where it costs $100,000 to live in a cardboard box. Like, yeah, I don't know. When she said that, I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. Ashley just seems disconnected from reality in a lot of ways. And just a lot of manic energy, a lot of ideas that are kind of like, okay. But, like, she's kind of also not far enough out there that I feel like anybody in her life feels any sense of urgency about doing anything. It's just like, oh, you know, Ashley's so crazy. Yeah, plus, like, I think T has a lot of relationship drama in her past. And, like, I think they just see her as, like, young and dumb, and they're not realizing, like, that this is They have a little, like, De Jesus family. Exactly. I miss them. You always miss, like, whatever isn't on the air currently. You're absolutely right. And then it comes on, I'm like, I hate this show. <laughs> cancel it. Like, every season of this podcast, when you get close to the reunion, you're like, you know, cancel the reunions. Cancel the whole show. Like, well, to be fair, I hate reunions for Teen Mom. But, you know, you're ab- no, the first episode premieres, and I'm like, that was terrible. Like, I'm not watching this season. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think this is episode 100 of Teen Mom. Or Feathers in My Wait. Hair. 
Is it? Because I feel like I was on episode 50 last that would time. That sense. Oh my god, Liz! I think last week Nicole told me it was my 99th. And then she's like, are you going to do a special episode? And I was like, to be honest, no. <laughs> I just don't well, know how to right. do a special episode for Feathers in My Hair. The thing is, it's like a weekly recap show, so it's kind of hard to do special episodes. It only works if the shows are off-season. And we could do, like, if you did, like, a clip of, like, best, like, Feathers in My Hair moment. Oh, or, God, like, jokes no. or something listen to my own voice that much no and also no, it would be cool people like me and princess <laughs> and like it would maybe be being funny duh. early in feathers in my hair history in may 2017 was that 2017 yeah i guess um i did for mother's day i did like a a best of teen mom moment and i like this is like when i was still learning to edit the podcast you know like how to even edit and record stuff and i like got clips from the show and like people called in and said what their favorite moment was and then I like played the clip and I feel like that like I'll never top that (laughs) I feel like I like really like shouldn't have done that that early in because now I don't like we did all of the best episode like all of the best moments on the show and I'll just like I'll I'll never be able to top that so like any special show I'm like "Mm, just go back and listen to Mother's Day 2017 Oh my god, you could always go for, like, not the darkest moments, but, like, the wildest moments that, like, people said that. Like, we, there are a lot of different ways you can spin a clip show. The Simpsons has done, like, 85 of them. (laughs) That is the truth. All right, Talman, do you have any other uh, thoughts on Teen Mom or Teen Teen Mom Young and Pregnant? Um, one closing thought, I just mm-hmm. want to give a special shout out to Princess Jones Curtis, and oh. I tell you all the time that I really love her, and I listen to her every time she's on Feathers in My Hair, and just, like, want her to be, like, my cool auntie, or, like, friend, like, whichever one she's more comfortable with, so hi, Princess. <laughs> I love that we're, everybody that listens to this show and knows her is like, how can I respect Princess's boundaries? <laughs> Like I don't, I don't want to come up too strong and like put her off because I know that she she wouldn't fuck with that kind of shit. Like I've, I've heard hours of her speaking. I feel like I kind of get where she comes from. Oh, I love Princess so much. Hi, Princess. I love you too. I'm sure she'll be thrilled to hear that. But yeah, um, wow, episode 100, after being on episode 50, it shows I've gone way too long, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I, it's always such a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for, like, letting me do a hundred fucking episodes of Feathers in My Hair. Like, that's actually great. Honestly, I do want to say shout out to me for doing that, because, like, it's really hard <laughs> to record a podcast every week, like, really hard, and it's, like, draining and tiring, and... But, like, it's fun, obviously, but the fact that I've kept with it, I'm, like, I don't keep with a lot of things, so I'm, like, pretty high-key impressed with myself, and I don't really care if that's bragging, because it's pretty fucking cool, and I always think about if I die, like, there's so many episodes that you can listen to me, which is cool. (laughs) No, I definitely think it's dope, and I also think, like, having a good clean hobby that keeps you away from gangs and drugs is something important for all of us to have so i the gangs are very alluring (laughs) i mean every every crime syndicate needs a jew liz 
you're not wrong. So, you're not wrong. I'm glad that it's not you. And I think about it a lot that you like do this show and you have like a hobby and you can like tell people like, oh yeah, I'm into podcasting and like I have a podcast that like has like many reviews on iTunes and shit. Like it's dope as shit. Oh, yeah, but so. I, I did you do you guys know that like I don't tell anybody that I have a podcast and it's really funny that like. I just live my life, and then sometimes I remember I have a podcast that gets, like, 8,000 listens a week. (laughs) We know you go into, like, a fugue state and record this and forget that it happens until, like, Friday and Sunday. It's just so funny because, like, it's such a big part of my life, but then on the other hand, it's, like, completely irrelevant to the rest of my life because I don't talk about it with anybody in real life. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Before we go, everyone has to know that, like, I started a new job, and I check in, like, with my supervisor every day about what I'm doing, and I pulled up the episodes of Teen Mom and um, Young and Pregnant on my laptop because I watched them right before I was going to record because I've had such a crazy week trying to do things, Mm -hmm. and he was like, okay, why don't we pull out your computer and try to do it from there so I can, like, try to adjust things, and I opened stuff and the first thing on the chrome browser is like mtv.com and i was like i swear to god i am not watching this this is something that i have to do later and like bless this man because he didn't ask me like what the fuck do you have to do that has to do with like (laughs) i was just like of course but you know what i I couldn't forget I had to have the shit loaded. I had to make a stupid account on MTV.com to get 24-hour access. I couldn't close the tabs and try to redo it. Uh, classic. All right, Tomlin, I love you very much. I will talk to you tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you for talking to me for a billion hours. Everybody take care. Bye, guys. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.com 